I gotta take. I I've layered up for some reason, and it's too hot. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is how it starts. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get the poker chips out. We're gonna do this. Holy crow! I honestly didn't think you were stripped to the waist. What? A fucking sign man's gonna be looking back in. So like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Yeah. What did he say to him? I think Frankie seduced Glenn. Man, he's good. Yeah. It didn't take long. One one uh, one parent domestic abuse story that that's like gin to that guy. All right. Here's the other thing. Um, I've I've sat on it for far too long, but uh, I showed it to you. Mm. Uh, I was in Switzerland, and uh, I went into an old magazine shop, mm -hmm. uh, the way they have those in Switzerland. <laughs> and I paid 35 francs, which is, that's about 25 quid for an old magazine. And the only reason I did it, well, I love old magazines, but this one is a Life magazine from 1964. And read read the headline. The secret world of the homosexual grows bolder and broader. <laughs> it is not a puff piece. Yeah. <laughs> also, Norway in summer. That's yeah, that's what I liked about world. it too. Like, you know, it's not all. It's not all about homophobia here at Life Magazine. We also. So they've done a, um, a thing on the secret world of gays. Yeah. I'll find him. Check that out. Fucking guy with a rifle. I saw that. Yeah. He looks like an assassin, and it's a Lucky Strike commercial. <laughs> yeah. Carlos the Jackal yeah. never tries to enter Venezuela on a false passport without Lucky Strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you get to the uh, article on the evils of... Uh, Here we go. At the, in the index, it says, the, the sad, in quotation marks, gay world. <laughs> The secret world grows open and bolder. Society is forced to look at it and try to understand it. <laughs> and we're forced to try to understand people. How awful. <laughs> it's 1964. We didn't, we didn't kill Hitler to try to understand the queers. <laughs> but the first, the first part of the article, it just shows you where are all the bars are. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I'm down at the Greasy Duck in San Francisco on the corner of 18 and 22nd Street. <laughs> if you are into such proclivities, this disgusting bar does a great mojito. <laughs> Wait till you get into the middle where they start bringing in science. Where it's like <laughs> yeah. it is all a perversion. Uh, Freud rears his retarded head in it. It's Part of the anti-homosexual drive, the Los Angeles Police Force has compiled an educational, in inverted commas, pamphlet for law enforcement of officers entitled Some Characteristics of the Homosexual. This strongly opinionated pamphlet includes the warning that the homosexual, what the really, what the homosexuals really want is a fruit world. <laughs> Who doesn't want a fruit world? Well, yeah, I think they wanted to own a fruit stand. I think that's the guys they talked to. 
In their unrelenting crackdown on homosexuals, the Los Angeles police used two approaches. One is an effort to deter homosexual activity in public. The other is an arrest effort. The first includes patrolling in uniform, restrooms and other known loitering places. That's just going to turn people on. Get the fucking uniform off. I was on my way home until I saw you. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, they've used a, they, but they use a uh, a series of undercover disguises too. They use a um, uh, a Native American. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they use an army man, a construction worker. <laughs> to arrest homosexuals, the police have an undercover operation in which officers dress to look like homosexuals, tight pants. Sneakers, sweaters, and, or jackets. And, <laughs> and, and, and cop hats. <laughs> <laughs> they could only provide an opportunity for the homosexual to proposition them. And then arrests are made. Yeah, that's what it goes into, too. That, and they have, it's almost a script. Of yeah, yeah, what, here it is. Yeah. Officer, what's in your mind after we get home? That's what I want to know. Jerry, that's the... The nominal name they've given this homosexual. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld, actually. It's, <laughs> it's not come to light that it was Jerry Seinfeld. Well, what's on your mind? Officer, well, I don't know. <laughs> Jerry, you don't? Officer, well, that is to say, laughs. There isn't anything to drink at my place, you know? Jerry, well, I can always drink coffee. I don't drink anything stronger. Officer, uh-huh. Well, anything else? Anything else? I said, is there anything else? Jerry, to drink? Officer, no. Jerry, no? Officer, I was just wondering, maybe, what else you had in mind, if anything? Jerry sighs deeply. At this point, I don't care. I'm trying to think Jerry isn't gay. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> well, even if he is, he, he, he doesn't drink. Uh, he just wants to go home and have... <laughs> Of an interlude in his own home, and the cops like, "We got to get this animal off the streets," or, "Well, we got to get this animal out of, out of his own home with another responsible adult." Who knows what could happen? Oh, goddamn fruit <laughs> world, grow out of this shit! I've um, had this plan for a while. If my mum dies first, I'm gonna get my dad like a home help, like a nurse, but her actually be a prostitute. So that he could have like a final sort of autumnal sexual relationship. Not even autumnal, like dead of winter <laughs> <laughs> sexual relationship with a with a prostitute. Can you imagine though if you got your dad like a prostitute for a last hurrah and just like the you know, over the course of a week just take, quietly takes you out to dinner and uh Frankie, uh, you get me the wrong flavor. <laughs> I I require a very specific prostitute. There's only there's only three of them in North America that I know of. And uh, I'd have never guessed you wanted a woman, Dad. Not by the way you treated Mom. She was like invisible. <laughs> Superpower. <laughs> I didn't mean to hit her. She got... I couldn't see her. She got in the way of my flailing. That was just a generic uh, couple, by the way. That, that was, was a generic couple. I wouldn't want to be sued by my own dad, <laughs> who is not having sex with a prostitute or beating my mother because she's invisible. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I'm not aware of that either. <laughs> I don't think that would be the opening salvo if we had just cut off the horn with them and like. So uh, same old, same old. Yeah, I, I still go. Ow! Get, I'm on the phone. All right. So you guys are gonna go make your little album. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll try to fend him off till the cops get here. They would really struggle to imagine what an album is. Like from 1872. You hope. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you're banking on. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's release this in a hugely up-to-date format where you've got to fucking... <laughs> yeah, we, we managed to release it in the only thing they could have listened to it on. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought they had Snapchat. There you go. <laughs> she sends him her shopping list just written on her body on Snapchat. <laughs> Remember the sprouts. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, the elderly are just uh, automatically, um, their whole life is Snapchat. Oh, look at that. I can remember that. Five <laughs> seconds, gone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they start to get into some uh, some pretty dodgy science. I think when you start quoting Franz Kalman, a German analyst, <laughs> sounds like he'd enjoy homosexuality. Uh, all homosexuals who had identical twin brothers. This sounds like Nazi science data. Franz has compiled it. Twins are involved. Where did this take place? Uh, in every case, the twin also turned out to be homosexual at gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the brothers had never confided in each other and had sometimes grown up apart from each other, different sides of the camp, so possibly there's some kind of inborn pattern of glandular activity. My glands are turning me gay. Oh, man. Or brain function not re- recognisable, uh, which predestines some men for homosexuality. What is my destiny, Oracle? <laughs> well, <laughs> cock. Yeah. <laughs> Just put these roller skates on and see where it takes you. Forget about the golden fleece. There's a, just a big dick in your future. <laughs> They're not going to sing any poems about it, or, you know, but yeah. you're, you're going to be happy. Gonna be it's happy. a, uh, actually funny, one of the clubs is called Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that, that science there, like, I remember just reading it going, is that true? And then I started to think, like, how many twins do I know? Uh, and it's hard to ask them, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially like, hey, um... Look, I uh, have you read the Life magazine article from 1964? <laughs> okay, well read that and get back to me, and you'll know you'll know what I want to know. Are twins in general now really against Nazis? You know, you'd think there'd be a lot in anti-fascist movements and stuff of just <laughs> did they really hate us. I mean, I know they hated the Jews, but did they hate, did Nazis hate twins? No, they they did experiments on twins. Really? Um, yeah, Mengele did tons of experiments on twins because. Um, this is horrendous. Um, they they couldn't get exact comparable data for people. So to the Nazis, twins were a godsend. And there's um, a, a, there's a documentary about Auschwitz uh, where where a woman talks about being experimented on uh, and trying not to die. She's still alive. She survived and her twins survived. But she said the reason she's trying not to die because she knew that at the point where she died, Mengele would go next door and ram a poison needle into her sister's heart because they wanted them to die at the exact same time. So they had comparable, what effect did this, whatever Whoa. we did. 
uh, have on the body. Yeah. Holy crow. Yeah. Uh, the more I hear about this mango guy, <laughs> the less I like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, um, because if that's true, I, I know twins are feared in, uh, in Africa in some cultures. And I thought to myself, is that because I know uh, homosexuality doesn't, uh, doesn't fly in all of the uh, places on the dark continent. So uh, are we allowed to call it the dark continent anymore? I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I just meant it as like, that's what it's called. Like that was his nickname. All right. I won't call it. <laughs> no, <laughs> the excited States of America or something like that. But yeah, now I think about it. No, don't call it the dark continent. <laughs> uh, but if, if it's to do with their views on homosexuality, you know what? Fuck it. They are the dark continent because uh, they got to start growing up a bit. Um, but then, I, yeah, I started to think, is that, is that why uh, twins are feared in Africa? Yeah, I, I think we couldn't be more... We couldn't have less knowledge about what we're talking about. Not unless we fell down the stairs immediately. Based on an article from 1964, which only one of us has read, we're starting to theorize about African people's views on twins. <laughs> None of the instruments you're reading anything, and there's a lot of clouds, and I tapped this dial and it just went right back to zero, but let's keep going. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But you know, the reason, because um, I, I, I was in, uh, I was in Sydney, um, Australia, and uh, I was at the, the comedy store. The uh, Sydney Mardi Gras goes right by it, um, so I was with, uh, I was with a gay friend of mine, and uh, we went to watch the, uh, the end of the Sydney Mardi Gras, and it was at the exact same time that. Um, Oh, Uganda, that idiot in Uganda had come out and made gayness illegal. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if you've never been to a gay pride parade, I would suggest it. It's a, uh, it's quite a, you know, it's not, it's quite political. Like they had, uh, they had big, um, like, uh, sort of Japanese dragon style uh, puppets, but uh, like of a golem esque Putin. <laughs> you know, this big weird head. Yeah, Putin, uh, not popular in the gay community. I don't know if you're aware of that. But, um, but again, it's the, it's the, is he homosexual thing? Well, Because he's had, he's had to go through life with the name of a fucking gay porn star. That's why. <laughs> and his twin, Vladimir, pull out. <laughs> we can't go to Africa, but otherwise, life is great. <laughs> That's actually, like, that is like some fucked up Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. You know the parent trap? Well, <laughs> I got a twist on it. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, the last scene, um, they think they're alone. <laughs> But there's been some faulty rigging on the uh, on the uh, the uh, curtain, and it drops to show uh, Putin and pull out, putting it in and pulling it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you you know people at Disney, right? 
we'll call them right after this. <laughs> Boys, put down, put, put down everything. Just that sort of bit in there where, like, so my daughter saw that movie, some fucking movie about making um, Mary Poppins, and there's like Walt, Tom Hanks is Walt Disney or something. Mr. Banks. Right. Um, and she's like, oh, we should go and see this. I saw it with my mum and blah, blah, blah. And you're sort of thinking, where's the point where I say Walt Disney was a right-wing nutcase who supplied information to the CIA and had his head frozen? I mean, how long did I let her go on? Yeah. <laughs> like, See, I just thought that movie was a children's moving movie explaining the financial crash and bailout. Well, why not? <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> oh, come on. That's... I can't imagine what kind of day it's going to be that I have to watch that movie or what would happen. But that's the thing. Like, was how right-wing was Walt Disney in in the time? I mean, if you look at what's going on in Life magazine in 1964, he might he might have actually been viewed as quite a little hippie. Yeah, but that's like saying you're a liberal in fucking Genghis Khan's Genghis Khan's Mongol horde. <laughs> were, were they? Hmm. Were they? It's like his some, horde. He had a horde. But they were Mongol. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he wasn't that great of a leader. <laughs> He's just the only one who... Uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, now I know why they were riding their horses backwards. <laughs> so it's all got to go, Glenn. <laughs> believe me they come at you like a horde <laughs> you do any of these jokes you just sweep across the plates yeah I don't uh, I don't know a ton about Walt Disney he was a sort of fruitcake and he you know the Epcot Center yeah Epcot was originally this big bit of land Disney got to build a kind of ideal society and he was going to have an ideal, which they've actually done now. They built a kind of Walt Disney town, haven't they? Yeah. But he meant to have a kind of almost Walt Disney city where people couldn't get divorced, um, and you could only live there up to a certain age and stuff, and have this kind of like eugenic kind of uh, nightmare. And when he died, they were like really relieved and turned it into like a fucking theme park. And I was like, Fuck! It's not that fucking Nazi state that he planned. <laughs> Well, I mean, you say that, but uh, mo- most gated communities, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're not they're not far off it. You know, you got to apply for uh, entrance to live in those places too. I mean, and not even a gated community. There's many buildings in New York. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna look you up and down. And I remember when I was looking for a place in uh, L.A., um, I mistakenly uh, had long hair and. Uh, Every once in a while, I'd just flat out go to look at an apartment and buzz the thing and just see the, the blinds twitch and then just, no. Well, what does long hair mean in L.A., man? Uh, pothead. Right. Uh, the Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see their point of view. I mean, <laughs> nobody nobody knows more long-haired <laughs> losers than I do. I don't think it was just your hair. <laughs> you got of that. I think you could have shaved that fucking head and still not go let in. <laughs> yeah. 
I brought a half a bottle of Jack Daniels to have a meeting. So I didn't, I didn't show up empty-handed. <laughs> well, it was like that thing we went to yesterday, the, the talk on Scottish independence in the media. God. Ooh. And, yeah. That was like... I was like Casper the Friendly Ghost, just fucking climbing out of my own body. Yeah, I I went the other way. I started being <clears throat> bored into my skeleton. Mm -hmm. Like my whole system was bored. I could have, yeah, you could have done surgery on me. That was it was wonderful <laughs> anesthetic. <laughs> that woman who was with Mengele would have fucking strangled her twin to get out of that room. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. Fucking horrendous. Well, there was a point where they opened the door to let somebody in or out. And I tried to fly out the door. <laughs> like a bug. I thought... I didn't know if I had the power, but I thought just wishing it might make it come true. And I would just sort of take... take Go about... Hover three feet in the air and then just sort of buzz out the door. And... Uh, I think I could have thrown my consciousness out the door like a rubber ball and just <laughs> left my body there. I think most people had left their body there. It was like, we should explain it, it was a fucking um, a talk about the role of the media in the Scottish independence debate, but two of the people were like pretty far right, no fucking idiots. And nobody seemed to know the answer to any of the audience's questions at all. No. It was like a fucking idiot convention. Yeah. Come, come see the people who aren't sure what you're asking. <laughs> but Brian Cox, see, yeah. I didn't realize that's who that was. I yeah. thought it was just like, because I didn't read the names. Um, and uh, I just thought it was a weird Scottish guy that was just like, uh, and, and local historian. <laughs> so when he started talking, I was like, whoa. This guy can hold a room. You know? <laughs> Not knowing that he's famous for King Lear. And he was like, wow, this guy could have been an actor. Uh, yeah, there was a question about Scottish um, television and the BBC. And, and, you know, and that's when Cox shines. He was like, uh, well, I, I did a program where I mastered the Shetland accent. Absolutely mastered it. I was so proud of myself. And, uh, and then they came back and said, you'll have to read up it, Brian. You will have to read up it because uh, no one can understand you. <laughs> of course, I stayed in character. <laughs> so they thought I'd agreed. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of doing mastering a Shetland accent is there's only four people who can disagree with you. <laughs> That's not how I speak. <laughs> there's more cocks. <laughs> I'm going to make a complaint about you to the sea. <laughs> and hope that it carries it to the mainland. <laughs> yeah, even, even like if they called in and complained. What? <laughs> I think it's a sea shanty. I think they're singing a sea shanty. We'll be okay. How can four guys form a horde? <laughs> I honestly, that room, I, f I was really hot. 
and it felt incredibly unwell. And I thought, like, if death turns up, this will be like the first hug he's ever got, man. Like a big back slap. Yeah, Mister, how you doing, buddy? And a couple people trying to like sneak in. <laughs> hey, hey, death. Hey, death. How uh, much room you got in the car? <laughs> Yeah, if death showed up, he would have brought um, some souls of pedophiles and go, now you sit there for all of eternity. We actually, we got out of the third level of hell. There's no way hell can beat that. No. So terrible. Some old Scottish woman. We have a question from a time-traveling Dante in the back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, is it okay if I use this in my book? I often think like um, they should say there was like a female spy, a Chinese spy, North Korean spy or something on the list in Britain. They should get a crack team of British women killers together, Sutcliffe driving a van, uh, Ian Brady, uh, Fred West, he's probably still alive somewhere in some research institute. We just pile them all together and... and they go get her like a dirty dozen type thing. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> Fred West, actually, this is not known to many people, but that, that's where they've put uh, Walt Disney's brain. <laughs> it was it was actually a request. He had enough money to make it so. Well, that's what he's doing. He's just jumping bodies all the time, like fucking... Exactly. Have we, have we even thought to check how many things Walt Disney might have been up to? Yeah, he, he, there should be a Walt Disney test every time we catch another really draw a mouse. He's <laughs> <It's laughs> been hauled in from beating a hooker to death with a snooker cue, and you're trying to draw Goofy. <laughs> you're faking that. You can draw him. <laughs> yeah, it's the new version of a perfect circle. <laughs> if, if you can draw, it's it's the roundness of the ears. That's how you know Walt has been at play. And then, like, yeah, anytime just these, like, slick lawyers come and just, like, we understand you have a client in the, in the holding cell. He's taunting the police with uh, a three-hour movie about a singing baboon. <laughs> what do you think this means? I don't know, but my feet are tapping. <laughs> now I'm crying. Poor baboon. <laughs> yeah, so uh, anybody out there, be on the lookout for Walt D- Disney's brain in the uh, side of uh, evil. Stitches people. on the head, doodling, and killing women. That's although he never he never killed women, but we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't. You should you should see the director's cut of Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> it was called Getting Mr. Banks Out of Prison. <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks' brain for Ted Bundy's body. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a new, remember Dogmas quite a while ago, wasn't it? How long was that ago? 15 years or something? You know, they like all natural lighting and all the rules of dogma. Oh, right, right. Cinema. We should do a new one, man. Just some arbitrary, arbitrary lines around the filmic form. I think <laughs> no no questions would be a good start. No. Yeah. No one's allowed to ask anyone anything. No questions, so. no hats. <laughs> uh, no 
No people from Sri Lanka. <laughs> that's the other one. That's that's a biggie. We don't want them. I can't uh, think of anyone from Sri Lanka who might be in a movie. MIA. Good. <laughs> Good. Just like complete silence for the theme tune and then at the end, music by MIA. <laughs> <laughs> My half Sri Lankan friend, Misha Crosby, can be in the movie, but only in half of the scene. <laughs> you have to cut him off. <laughs> you can only film half of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got better down the center of his body, so he sort of opens it up and lets yeah, you talk to people. He can do that. <laughs> he can't raise his eyebrow, though. <laughs> he tried to deduce something in a scene, he just looked shocked. <laughs> we set it in Sri Lanka, but yeah. no Sri Lankan people, <laughs> and everybody passes out from not having a hat. <laughs> Unconscious white bodies on the streets of Sri Lanka. That's the title. I think if you just called Bjork and said the name of the movie is Unconscious White Bodies Laying on the Street in Sri Lanka, she'd yodel something that would mean yes in Icelandic. I think her heart's yodeling it right now, just because she can sense... This is coming together. And she's in the middle of the culture like a fucking spider in a web. She feels everything. I know. Every idea that goes into the ether. Mm-hmm. We need a name for our um, cinematic style. Well, see, when you first mentioned dogma, I thought you meant the Kevin Smith <laughs> dud. <laughs> it's like, so maybe we should name it after another Kevin Smith dud. Uh, mole rats? Yes. <laughs> it's the mole rats movement. Hey, just whatever you think it means, that's what it means. That's another rule of mall rats. No, that's too broad a rule, Glenn. That's not a rule. That is a rule. (laughs) I just made it. (laughs) No, here's the deal. If you think something in mall rats is racist, then it is, but you made it that way. So if you just think it's not, then it's not racist. Well, I think that's... Um, quite profound, and I can say it's quite profound because I just saw it, and that's made it profound. Yeah, it's profound to me. Cause yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need more mall rats rules. Um, what else bugs you in movie car chases? Uh, no car chases. Let's fucking have that for a start. No chases. Yeah. Nobody can move faster than a walk. No. No, you have to um you have to verbally catch people. Yeah. Like you can do you can do the French connection, but it'll all just be arguments. <laughs> <coughs> or traps. So people walk slowly into a net or there are a lot of traps in mole rat films. Yeah, yeah. Heavily camouflaged traps. Yeah. That yeah, you just that's the beauty. The set design in Mallrats films will be amazing because, like, you know, everything will have to hide several traps. <coughs> it's going to be a boon for world trap makers worldwide. Yeah, well, it's easy to end a Mallrats movie too because somebody's just like, "Oh, I got away with that. I'm just going to whoa." <laughs> Credits come out of the hole he fell out. It fell down. 
Also, within the making of any Mallrats film, someone actually has to be trapped. So the, the whole thing has to work as a subterfuge to get a known criminal uh, into a minor role where he's ends up dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be at least one snuff, mm. one criminal snuff in every Mallrats movie. <laughs> and amen. Okay. This is going to be insanely popular. And just before you get on, drunk driving is a crime. Okay, so we can pretty much kill anybody we want. <laughs> and there'll be lots of celebrities getting asked to do these movies who are like, am I here for the criminal? Like Lindsay Lohan or something. It's going to oh, be really yeah, fucking yeah. nervous in one of these films. Think well, about bringing that to the screen. Yeah, what you have to do is read the cast list and go, is there any bigger criminals on here? Because if there's not, I could be in trouble. People, like Hollywood actors won't do one unless there's a fucking murderer. Yeah. Like, they'll have their own team of fucking murderers that they place in movies. But here's the thing. Uh, what you didn't know is that uh, the Olsen twins, squeaky clean Olsen twins, actually had Walt Disney's brain split. And they're both carrying the biggest <laughs> criminal brain. But, on the other hand, they've still got half of their brain in there too. <laughs> but luckily, fucking, we have Joseph Mengele's grandson on set. <laughs> <laughs> and we're making a lighthearted romp yeah. about Joseph Mengele. <laughs> it's a love story. <laughs> it's going to be like the omen for Walt Disney's brain. <laughs> White bodies on the streets of Sri Lanka, starring the Olsen twins. <laughs> and yeah, famous don't one? don't get Walt's brain too hot. That thing's been frozen and thawed too many times. Okay, here's the new deal: the Olsons can wear hats because Walt's getting weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I got attacked by the Ols by Walt Disney and the Olsen twins' bodies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The good thing about it is uh, they are only the strength of two uh, very feeble women. Yeah. So I, I really beat the shit out of the Olsen <laughs> twins that day. In retrospect, I had no proof Walt Disney's brain was in their body, but I think you just... You know. You know, and you don't want to take risks. If yeah. you see the Olsen twins, you, you pretty much have to attack them. Yeah. Just in case that's happened. Or any twin. Any twin. You're playing with fire in there. Oh, of course. And now that there's, um, like, people having litters of up to eight children with this new IVF. Uh, it's fucking Christmas for Walt Disney. Walt Disney could be fucking anywhere right yeah. now. He could He could have... He, he could have little parts of his brain in every twin, and we don't know. And there's no way to test because once he gets it small enough, they can just inject it. There'll be no stitching, just a subtle drill. He's spreading like a virus. That's why people watch these fucking Disney films. That's why they're, they're terrible. so popular. Yeah, they're, it's they've been. That's how they. That's the new way of getting people to go to Disney movies. Is actually injecting bits of Walt in every baby. And I'm glad Disney aren't litigious. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are they going to do? <laughs> and when I say Walt Disney, I mean that guy that was my neighbor in Saskatoon. Yeah, well. Just unfortunately had the same name as um, the great and wonderful man that was the Walt Disney everybody out there would know about, but not the evil Walt Disney that I know. You, you can't libel the dead, but we have fucking tried. I know. <laughs> I know. That's the other rule I'm all right. No, you can libel the dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is now this horse, it's really dead. Are we going <laughs> to... Well, the truth is, it's dead today. <laughs> it's getting up again in a few days. Oh, it's going to have a backwards mongoloid on it. <laughs> I don't think you can call it backwards anymore. <laughs> well, I think they prefer that to retard. I would. Or what if you said retard backwards? <laughs> Uh, drat, dratter. Dratter. Couple of dratters. I mean, if you're thinking of ways to fill retards, I think <laughs> you gotta take a look at yourself. <laughs> uh, this is the only way to end a mall rats movie <laughs> is to trick one into an ice cream truck and drive it <laughs> off of a cliff. Actually, we have to, one of the Mallrats movies has to be about the retarded because uh, the most famous, one of the most famous dogma movies is The Idiot. Sure. Um, I just don't think I'll be able to use any of that. No, I know. I know. We'll get three hours, Frank. <laughs> Sorry, Sri Lanka, that's quite good. I could do it lunch there. Hopefully she'll turn up. Yeah, yeah. An Australian woman is bringing us lunch. I think she's called Lucy. All right. I uh, I managed to uh, make a faux pas with, with the, the sound guy, the, the, the engineer. He's got a tattoo of a dragon that I thought looked like New Zealand. Yeah. I just flat out, I should have said, do you have a tattoo of a dragon? And then have him say, no, that's New Zealand. That would have made way more sense. But I just, because I'd heard her accent, I was like, do you have a tattoo of New Zealand? Yeah. I and think I think guessing at people's tattoos like a Ross Church test is a great way to bond. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like if you see somebody, did you get that done because you hate your grandfather? <laughs> what? It just looks like you really don't like him. <laughs> It's funny uh, how we're worried about um, the Walt Disney's brain thing, where we we never worried about the Hitler's brain thing. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like if um, if the neo-Nazi group ever got mobilized and litigiously challenged, <laughs> like you couldn't slander Hitler? They're like, you said he killed seven million Jews. That's just <laughs> come on. What's the thing? You can't slander the dead. Is that true? Um, well, you, you can't um, libel the dead. I think it'll change, though, because, you know, if you're fucking um, the estate of Roald Dahl or something, and it, someone goes, Roald Dahl is a fucking pedophile, that obviously affects the sales of his books, and which are worth 
millions. Well, so we might be able to uh, smoke out the Disney uh, Corporation with this. Where they go, you've libeled Walt Disney. You go, well, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a guy turns up with a big stitch down the front of his forehead. Well, the Olsen twins turn. <laughs> uh, I'm so, representing Walt. Which and... one's Walt and which one's Disney? <laughs> Yeah, these are all things that are absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Here's, here's my theory. You know, I'm changing consciousness. This whole idea of everything would be fine if we just change consciousness. So that's kind of the worst idea ever because really it's just sort of going, everything would be fine if more people thought like me, you know. And you're just sort of like, well, everybody that says that is a rich white westerner you know it's so like Russell Brand or someone will say well if everybody just was more like me <laughs> like, yeah if so all that keeps the world together is that people aren't like you so like m that most people live in China or India or Africa um, and if they were like half a percent like you <laughs> if they took like one flight a year the whole thing would turn into a fucking fireball <laughs> you know so even the consciousness that you want people to change to is actually the most destructive thing imaginable but here's what I think um, people are now so vainglorious and so egotistical that the only way to heal them would be to put them into a sort of therapy that involved pretending that they were the therapist you know, so you sort of pretend that they're the figure in control and you send patients to them who are the real analysts and you deduce what their problems are from the way that they analyse the dreams that you give them. <laughs> There's no other way around it. Who was I talking to? I can't remember. They went to an analyst and the analyst fell asleep. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, just that that thing we've been reading about, just this whole psychotherapy, but it's just, you know, an hour is 50 minutes in their world, too. That's the bullshit. Really? Like stand-up? It's like Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 50 minutes, bit of chat. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're in from out of town. <laughs> yeah, they've been here for five years. They are basically MCs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is that your wife? <laughs> Is this a computer date fuck up? <laughs> I bet you. I bet you that they give the same advice to everybody. It's like it's like a shitty MC will always like angle it into what he needs to say. <laughs> I think they have bets with each other about the weirdest thing they can get in there. You've gotta ask him if he's ever licked a pork chop. Legend <laughs> cooked. I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> and then it becomes what they can get their patients to do. And the first the first therapist that ever got them to uh, change, to get a sex change, one. <laughs> like, no one's ever touched that, that therapist. To get, like, wow, you were given the hardest task and you did it. Knocked it out of the park, yeah. Jacob. <laughs> The only way you can get better is if you get them to change back. <laughs> like that's that's the dynasty. 
So to get them to change over to one, and then they get back, and then back. You know? This guy, four changed. Four changed. A, 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 a lawyer, of all people. <laughs> that guy, that, the therapist that got that guy to change into a leopard and live on a Scottish <laughs> island, man. He's just like... Every year, his own table at the awards, just sweeping it, man, just coming up. Can't touch this. Yeah, yeah. Is he still a leopard? <laughs> You're still the champ? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. To, that's what I like to think all mental illness is, just a therapist making people do that. Nothing, nothing wrong with people. Just therapists screwing them up. Um, the thing is, like, I can't really go to therapy because I don't want to hear my life story again. <laughs> it's like watching fucking um, Grapes of Wrath again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I got a lot out of watching. I wouldn't watch it. It's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Grapes of Wrath was funny. There's, there's yeah. bits of it that are really yeah. funny. In the book, there's... That's uh, great, yeah. Yeah, the guy who doesn't have an eye, the one-eyed guy. <laughs> just, I think, it, like, I mean, at that point, they're sort of talking about, um, you know, when there is a depression, there are there are people that just aren't trying hard enough. <laughs> you know, when they're like, Jesus Christ, you get a patch and you cover that thing. I can't take my eyes off. <laughs> <laughs> when they're buying a, a tool part from uh, yeah, there's a there's a one-eyed man in that book who won't wear an eye patch, and he's just like, I'm gonna go out west, not with your fucking gaping hole in your head. It's windy out there. You get bugs in that thing. Keeps trying to go west, but he's just walking around in circles. <laughs> yeah, keeps. Yeah, he ended up northwest. Cherry <laughs> <laughs> Grant's in a movie with him. <laughs> Wanders across the shop. <laughs> Gunned down by a fucking player in a field. Yeah. Why do um why does he always have to be shot sitting on the left side of the table? <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> yeah, I think um relationships are a bit like great movies, you know what I mean? You sort of fucking you've seen it, you appreciate it, you've still know it's got the fucking quality there like your partner but you've fucking seen it and you just watch any old fucking straight to DVD shit rather than watch it again you know (laughs) (laughs) I don't really think that (laughs) how easy comedy is when you can just stop every so often and go I don't really think that do you know what I mean that's just fucking Stuart Lee's act which is I don't really (laughs) you're like well it's simple, isn't it? <laughs> can just do that and then complain about everybody that doesn't. He didn't say he didn't really take it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing when people get on stand-ups for what they've said on stage. It's just, it's ludicrous, you know, especially if they're talking to the audience. You had upwards of three seconds to think about something and you <laughs> came out with that. 
yeah. I'm surprised I came out with anything. I wasn't even paying attention when it happened. I was just going through the fucking motions one more time because I hated you from the moment I walked on and half of your fucking arms were crossed and the other half were staring at your watch. Yeah, I didn't like you. So I disconnected myself from the situation. I tried hard. I did the jokes, but then somebody yacked some. I didn't hear them. I was away. I was in a happy place. I was I was watching a fucking debate in Scotland about the media. That's how much I hated you as a crowd. I'd gone back to a happier place, which was the most boring place in the world, which was away from you cunts. And then, yeah, I said retard. Okay, I said it. I said it. I should have said it backwards, but I said it. You know what doesn't mesh exactly with my worldview and morals? Something you blurted out under hot lights. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you, a different person from a different upbringing, a different place, chose to say to me. <laughs> Even though I wasn't there. <laughs> All I have is a few loose misquotes, but I'm offended. <laughs> I want the things that you say at 10.30 at night in Newcastle to not offend me at the breakfast table. <laughs> well, that was the thing with, the, did you see Macklemore? No. Uh, there's been a, uh, a gigantic storm in a teacup. Uh, <laughs> it was on the internet. Of Macklemore. I can't think of anyone more innocuous. Uh, yeah, I know. I call him Vanilla Nice. <laughs> it was in Seattle, where he's from, and uh, he played a secret gig. There was uh, just like a radio station was doing a, a, you know, just one of those compilation things. And they didn't announce him, and they didn't want to announce him. So it would be a nice surprise to anybody who came along and um, and uh, to to see the show. So uh, he uh, to the point that he put on uh, a, a disguise. He put on like a big beard and a and a, like a witch's nose um, and uh, a wig and sang thrift shop, which was supposed to like go. Oh look! Oh, it's Mac! Oh. It was seen as anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. Because he had a beard and a big nose. Right. And, like, I, I didn't even piece it together and put people in the air. And he sang Thrift Shop. Thrift Shop. Right. Because it's a song about saving money. Don't compare a man in a fake nose to the Holocaust, you know? <laughs> people are like, I can't believe he would do something. Because here's the other thing pisses me off. Jewish people aren't the only people with big noses, you know, and he didn't wear any, like, he didn't wear an obviously Jewish costume. He looked more like Jamie Farr than anybody else. Yeah. Well, it's like you say, the racism occurs in their head, you know, the yeah. anti-Semitism occurs in their head. It's a mole rats um, thing that's happening here, and we should get him perhaps to do silent music for one of our mole rats films. Yeah. He'll he'll do a cover of um, of uh, Mia, the Mia song. He can cover it, yeah, and then we can hear it. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. If we got Michael Moore to cover um, MIA Paper Planes in a Yarmulk, uh, we could cause a lot of trouble because it's all about uh, stealing money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
Well, I mean, I'm from Vancouver, so he's from Seattle. So he'll probably do it if I call him. <laughs> it's unlikely he's anti-Semitic. No. no one ever says that, though. Things kind of get judged on almost purely like a science experiment or something. So people sort of go, that gay liberal rapper from the beat poetry scene, I guess he might be anti-Semitic. <laughs> like, probably not going to be. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Nick Griffin's fucking done it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but exactly. everything sort of gets judged in this. Everything you've done and said with your life is null and void. <laughs> if I don't like the plastic nose you choose at Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Fucking, there was a thing uh, a couple of weeks ago, fucking uh, Newsnight did some, not Newsnight, but BBC2 did something about fucking sexism and culture and rape jokes and they conflated it all with internet harassment of women and stuff like that, right? And I'm on there doing some joke out of context, right? Because fucking all mine are about how I'm sexually incompetent and fucking, like, a mess, right? And uh, you're like, well, fucking reports coming out that a thousand people were raped in the BBC dressing rooms. A thousand were raped by Savile. At the time, Stuart Hall was on trial for uh, raping people in BBC dressing rooms, which he uh, was found innocent of. And, and that week, they put, well, maybe the problem's guys in basements <laughs> being inappropriate. <laughs> And you're like, no, if you don't know rape culture, I mean, surely it's the fact that you're raping people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what the number one cause of rape is? Rape. <laughs> yeah. Behind Rapist. almost every rape, there was a rape. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe these guys are seeing fingering. <laughs> Is that really it? Yeah. Fucking hell. And you know what? It's a fucking thing. That whole thing about rape jokes and stuff, I think, is a thing so that people can avoid talking about the, anything that would cause them any trouble so they can conflate their annoyance at what is a rape culture. I think we live in a rape culture, right? Um, at that with uh, people who don't employ them. You know, so guys in basements don't yeah. offer you a fucking job. The BBC do. Guys in basements don't have a record of raping a thousand people in the dressing rooms. Well, a couple do, but you know, uh, it's a way of it's a way of um, it's a way of um, being able to express your uh, disquiet with the culture on people who are not at all responsible for it when you work for the people who are responsible for it but also people said to you so like Esther Ranson and Paxman all that like, yeah something yeah and you're like oh, wait a minute okay but then don't fucking do a show about oh rape comedy and stuff it's like being told <laughs> off for farting on a tour of a fucking sewage farm <laughs> thank you for saying sewage farm I totally thought you were going out uh, Auschwitz I totally thought <laughs> we've done that I know. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Season one, Wolf. Season one. <laughs> this was like just turn up in 20 years' time in the concentration camp somewhere as a kind of like retro Auschwitz primer. So oh, this is the only record we have of Auschwitz. It's these two guys who talked about it all the time. These two noted historians. <laughs> Read the, uh, you know, a lot of history is that, isn't it? So it's like a lot of history is like the actual books have gone missing or, or 
you know, are, are lost. Yeah. But we know them through references to them. And occasionally they turn up like Lucretius or something will turn up again a thousand years later and have like a big effect. Um, but a lot, a lot of stuff is just known through people referencing it. And we, we might be the only reverence of Auschwitz. Yeah, so maybe we should be a bit more uh, thorough. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we said what we said. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know that thing about Mengele and the twins today. So. I didn't know any of this until I watched four episodes of a six-part series about Auschwitz and couldn't get any further. No. <laughs> so I was absolutely harrowed. Yeah. There's almost no upside. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I tell a few jokes that have... Uh, it invokes the Holocaust. It doesn't, doesn't make fun of it. It just has the Holocaust in it. And I got a tweet from a... I guess one of them's on Netflix. I got a tweet from a woman who said, um, before you make such flippant jokes about the Holocaust, I thought you might like to see a pile of Jewish children's shoes. I assume <sighs> they were at... at Auschwitz, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't tweet back to her, but I very much wanted to go. You're quite, you have quite a talent of separating Jewish and gypsies' children's shoes. <laughs> um, but to me, it just pissed me off because, uh, you know, like, uh, it, don't tell me. Like, like, first of all, I know what happened in the Holocaust. <laughs> you're not, you're not like, what? People die. Oh, I didn't know that. But uh, you know, you can't you can't just say anytime you mention something, it's not it's not derogatory. Just mentioning it, and then to do something like that, like send a pile of dead children's shoes to somebody to go. You you make inappropriate comments. Well, you also send <laughs> children's shoes pictures to people. You know, at least mine had a joke behind it. Yeah, you just. Where did you get a picture of dead children's shoes from? And how many other times is this your form of complaint? Uh, dear people at Ben and Jerry's, I <laughs> think you didn't have enough cherries in the Cherry Garcia, so here's the dead children's shoes that I like to show people when I'm upset. It's fucking saying it's not a fit subject for comedy. It's like saying it's not a fit subject for fiction. I mean, exactly. it's like it's, it's how it's treated and stuff, isn't it? And there's that fucking... It's that thing where you want to keep the idea of those things alive because they get forgotten about, right? So if, I, think mm. that, I think that is important with a lot of things. And one of the places you keep them alive is in comedy. Why wouldn't it be? It's one of the places anything is kept alive, right? Yeah, well, it's also... Um, I, I thought about it and... Um, I think the only reason I ever invoke it is uh, to remind humanity not to get too big for its britches, you know. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, and, and I don't know why I find a phone. I don't know why it keeps coming up as a punchline, but uh, it's one of those things, you know. Like if you can, if you can, if you can invoke that properly on a stand-up stage, then um, you know. If you got if you've got an audience that just thinks they're so right about everything and they 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 never should have their beliefs challenged, uh, well, guess what? That's what Germany was like. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking one of the things I got fucking trouble for was this thing about Down syndrome. That was about it must be fucking annoying having people make your decisions for you when you've got Down syndrome. That's what it was about. 
you know? And people yeah. are like, that's terrible. You can't dance from. You're like, no, fucking disabled people agree with that. <laughs> you know, they all agree with that. My friend used to describe it as she was like really heavily disabled and she said it was like being born twice. So you've got that thing where you're born into this disabled body and you've got the second thing where you've got to get away from your fucking mum in our case or your dad, you know, because they're like, oh my gosh, we can't have anybody, you, yeah. you know, you can't be an independent person so you've got to be born twice. Yeah. Now they've got whole grips fucking... Stay here. <laughs> One of the things they've got is fucking um, uh, groups that are against um, voluntary euthanasia. Remember that guy? Uh, what was he called? Tony. Fuck. I remember him. Remember that guy? There was a guy who was, had lockdown really syndrome, ill. and he was he was really ill. Uh, he couldn't move at all. He was in agony. He lived in hell, and his hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of able-bodied people want to die there. Yeah, a lot of them look up to him. <laughs> it's a test case for the whole city. <laughs> yeah, do you think we could get a, like a like a machine here? <laughs> but there were um, there were uh, disabled groups uh, against um, uh, having voluntary euthanasia uh, because they were like, well, that's it's a bad precedent. You know, uh, that the, our lives aren't worth living and so on. And you're like, well, no, it's his decision. And literally, you're in the most disabled position imaginable. Like, because the only reason he can't kill himself is that he can't move. If he could move at all, you know, he would. But if the he could move, off. then he wouldn't want to kill himself. <laughs> so there's your argument, Mr. Boyle. <laughs> Who knows what he'd do if he moved? You don't. <laughs> if he could move just a little bit, he'd fucking just. Tap himself off a cliff. He would have a wank. Yeah, <laughs> Come well. on, he'd have a wank first. And then he'd <laughs> <laughs> probably kill him. He'd have a nap, yeah. and then he'd wake up. He'd have another wank. He would wank himself ridiculous, <laughs> and then he might wank himself to death. Like if you were, <laughs> oh, depends how long he'd been. I think he'd been like that for five years. Oh, yeah, he'd wank. He yeah, might blow just... his fucking head off. No, he'd. <laughs> But like the fucking sperm version of Kurt Cobain. <laughs> We're not sure if it was suicide or an accident. The first guy to get his own brain pregnant. <laughs> Although, wait a minute, that's not his own brain. Hey, <laughs> guys. Yeah, this is how Walt Disney actually died. He accidentally put his brain into a guy with lockdown syndrome. <laughs> then there was some advances in science. <laughs> he got a head transplant, and uh, do you know what? You know what? Do you know how he got in there? It was the trap of one of our <laughs> mall rats movies. <laughs> hey, well, why don't you come into this head? And it just scrambles over. <laughs> We're moving him about like weekend at Bernie's, man. He's just fucking. <laughs> into fucking ABBA we've got him on stacks I wanna, I wanna walk like you talk like you it's true and the cops just crying going I love this goddamn place you're gonna love this Walt <laughs> was a trap wasn't it <laughs> yeah. from now on I want a Sri Lankan doctor for every brain transplant <laughs> You know, you're trying to say that, Walt, but the words aren't coming out. <laughs> we can hear you, though. 
Oh, yeah. Remember, remember when Glenn and Frankie mm-hmm. trapped Walt Disney? Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> It's going to be hard for them to top that. <laughs> Live at the Apollo. I mean, that seems stale now. Yeah, it dates so quickly. Yeah. I think on that note, that's lunch. That's lunch? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's beautiful, Frankie. That was beautiful. The last one. I'm really happy with that. And... We're back. Holy shit. Is it really two o'clock? Yeah, only about an hour. All right. Never gone for a few days. That's right. That's right. We'll be uh, back here with um, Walt Disney's brain inside uh, Nigel Farage's head. A little political. That's right. I did a political joke there. That guy looks weird, man. I dip in and out of uh, British politics, but what guy? Uh, Farage. Oh yeah. He's like, uh, he's all, he, he looks like he's always crowing, like a Victorian cartoon. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like um, what do you call it, a Holbein or something, <laughs> like, or a fucking garden ornament. There's a certain element to it. He's just fucking like. They're just sort of the other parties with a drink in them, though. Do you know what I mean? They're just like fucking, <laughs> yeah, black fucking Polish people and unions. And, you know, it's just what Labour and Tory are like as well. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. Just know um, if you want to make a, like, if you just need a cheap, if you need a cheap punchline, just throw UKIP in there. <laughs> Even if you don't really know what the joke's about. <laughs> Please don't invite UKIP. <laughs> That's in the UKIP manifesto, actually. <laughs> Probably an all-purpose punchline. See if you can stick that one to a gag. Yeah. In fact, we'll get a psychoanalyst to see if he can stick that onto uh, something he says in analysis. Remember that bit? That yeah. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to uh, make it. The, it's the new. And then I stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. That was. Um, What's he called? The did out the mask that killed himself. That was his joke originally. Richie fucking somebody. Richie Valens? Richie Valens, yeah. <laughs> then I plowed a plane into the fucking ground. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a joke. He was telling the joke to the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a joke. He stabbed him. Yeah, he stabbed him. He absolutely, yeah. That guy suffered for his art. I guess nobody who doesn't know comedy, who knows, any, anyone who didn't watch fucking Just for Laughs in like 1988, what the fuck we're talking about? I think for most of this. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy who wore the mask? Richie Sambora. Jim, yeah, Jim Kenny's pal in the mask. Oh, Richard Jenny. Yeah, Richard Jenny. Richard yeah. Jenny, yes. Yeah. Sad, sad story, that. Yeah. Um, he committed, or he attempted to commit suicide, and uh, had changed his mind by the time he, he, li- he lived through it. And then, the, oh, yeah, I've not heard that bad. The authorities showed up, and he was uh, he you, was contrite and and wanted to live, but uh, later with a head gunshot wound to the head. Yes. Oh my fucking god! That's yeah. comedy, man. That's just comedy right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a more fitting end for a comedian. Yeah. 
That's that's how we should all go when we finally get the suicide machines. Like it should be, it should be occupation based the way you die. <laughs> you know, when it, when we Logan run the shit out of this society, which we're gonna do. Uh, if if anybody if anybody reads the UK manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be difficult for them because they're going to have to kill comedians with, in an ironic way, and that's going to be a real bore for what will essentially be a council employee. Yeah, well, we'll find that we'll get their interpretation of how we want to die. We cream pied men in the face to death. Yeah. Like, I'm not, not like porno cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just make sure, make sure nothing has become slang for anything else before you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we wanted to... Um, Did we need slang for that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How much of that are you fucking having in your life? That you're, I need a shorthand term for a face glazed like a fucking bun with sperm. Yeah. And how many how many things were rejected? <laughs> it's not exactly a Chelsea bun, is it? It's more of a cream pie? Yeah. That's just a really boastful guy suggested. It's like a cream pie when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they get they get kicked out of the uh, out of the bakery pretty quickly when they realize what they were doing. What looks most like a cum drenched face in here, <laughs> other than this guy? <laughs> that is cream pie, then, is it? That's no, the... cream pie is um, cream pie is the other end, Glenn. Right. You just come all over their ass? No, it's an internal vaginal ejaculation. What? You fucking asked me. That's what <laughs> I didn't want to tell you. Coming inside her. Yeah. Scream by. Well, why did they? Yeah. They... Cream's on the top in a fucking cream pie. Oh, it's I not... get it now. Oh, okay. So it's just. Oh, but. The... Oh, yeah. It's not I really know. a good analogy. It's more like a fucking filled finger bun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there a, is there a government agency we can complain to? <laughs> There will be in the future <laughs> if you read you Kip's manifesto. <sighs> That's a why did they need a term for that? Mm-hmm. And, but then they uh, presumably they show it dribbling out. Yeah. I give up porn. I'm yeah. a no fapper. Oh really? Yeah. So how do you make all your extra money now? <laughs> I sell delicious baked goods with no name. People have to point at what they want. Yeah, it disgusts me. I, I, I'm trying to stay off of the horse. And uh, I, I, yeah, guy's trying to quit porn. He just has to, he can't squirt his windshield wiper fluid. He's just trying to, trying to live a regular life, man. I can't, I can't own a dog. I can't. I, I had a I had a job in a jazz band singing, but I cannot scat anymore. That was that was one of the ones that really. Used I mean, even tromboning. I mean, I know you don't know what it is, but to me, <laughs> any little trigger, even a little trigger, will, will be enough. I can't have a hot dog. I can't, I 
can't vacuum? I don't even know why that one is, but uh, it usually leads to uh, Yeah, I think as you get older, you better stop getting interested in porn or else it's going to lead to um lead to some problems in your life. Yeah. I think it's um an underrated problem for people that they watch 3 hours of porn a day and people being humiliated <laughs> with other people's sperm. See, I don't think it's very good. Yeah, no, but I think, I don't know, um, I think porn is made by the wrong people. I think some, I, I would like to see porn made by nice people Yeah. and people who are having fun, but the, the problem with pornography is it's made by pornographers. We need more at porn, man. That's right. <laughs> with traps. <laughs> Oh, I thought this was a trap, and I still walked into it. It's just a giant vagina. And that's the cream pie, where you actually walk in and spit everywhere in a giant vagina. Man, this is gross. This is taking a gross turn. I don't know why you're so... Um, you're, you're very finicky today. Am I? Yeah. Like a, like a, a, a I horse, a nervous horse. I know. I know, speaking of porn. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, he's nervous. I've seen this one. Yeah. <laughs> and you're about to find out why. <laughs> now I tried to tell you a lovely story about my boo this morning, and you, you were having nothing. You, 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 didn't you told me it. that hay appeared in your shot. What appeared to be hay? Speaking of nervous horses. Yeah, I couldn't understand it. Because I couldn't remember eating any like grass-like substances. And there it was. And luckily, I, every time I come to Glasgow, I very rarely drink. Because, uh, you know, you don't drink, so there's no point in getting drunk and yelling at you. Yeah. But, uh, well, there's every point. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's what we all want. <laughs> Nobody knows how to say it. Um, but, yeah, I've, I haven't had a drink for a couple of days. And luckily, that was the case. Because if, if I'd found that hay... And I was even mildly hungover. I would have yacked everywhere. But I would have yacked everywhere into a toilet. So Hey and your shit man, in ancient Egypt you'd be you'd be shitting housing, you know? You, you, that was just bricks. Yeah. Man. Shitting bricks. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, kids, a new Wendy house. I'm the goose that laid the golden egg. <laughs> I think I think at that point I would be the golden fleece. Glenwall. <laughs> People trying to seize you. Adventures being sent a task. <laughs> Capture the Glen of Egypt and make him ship me a house. <laughs> Zeus doesn't want you to do this. He's going to cause all sorts of problems. Zeus, uh, Zeus has got the best name. That's how you know that's the real god. Yeah. Yeah. As any other god... Uh, would have just taken Zeus. Yeah. I, yeah, no, that's my name. Yeah. Yahweh. Fuck you. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> also, Zeus fucked around. If you really had power, you'd fuck around. Oh, there would be a lot of weird half-animal, half-human things if I was God. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they came from, man. Centaurs. It's never talked about but no Zeus Zeus had a small farm that he would retire to and well 
We don't know what happened. Nobody was allowed on that farm, but every once in a while, a weird fucking thing would come off. I'm writing a novel. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's like a pornographic fucking godlike The Shining. (laughs) Yeah. And these are all things that were faster than lightning bolts. Because he tried to pick them off and they were running off the farm. Oh, Did anybody see that? No, Zeus, we didn't see. Good. If you're slower than lightning, you're getting fucked. (laughs) (laughs) The equivalent of fucking wrapped all in its day, man. Just a fucking lightning bolt. (laughs) Poseidon's son was the fucking Cyclops. What the the fuck did he screw? That's never touched on. It's just, yeah, my dad's Poseidon. A halibut. <laughs> Poseidon fucked a halibut. Well, these things in Greek myths were like, it's always like a ridiculously hard dude is set a bunch of tasks by somebody who wants to fuck his mother. And I think at the point they did the first impossible thing, I would be like, fucking something's up here. Something is up. He's just fucking chopped the heads off a hydra <laughs> and fucking brought them back to me in a bag. Maybe I move on from his mum. I'm the fucking king anyway. It's an island. They can't get away from me. I'm going to fuck someone else. Yeah. And let this guy fucking go do what the fuck he likes because he's clearly... Well, let's kick him upstairs and, and yeah. you know, give him a job in the government. Don't don't make them bring them on board. Yeah, yeah. I think we got a we got a spot for this guy. Yeah. We don't we don't make we don't try to kill him with harder and harder tasks. Because <laughs> you know whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, and yeah. he already did that Hydra thing, so he's yeah. like tougher. Yeah. Than when he left. He's killed an invulnerable lion, and now he's wearing its skin. Yeah. Um, what is that too? <laughs> he's redefined invulnerable. On one of his early tasks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think he's past the audition. <laughs> I don't need to see his resume. I just... <laughs> Maybe it's just like us. Maybe they were just trying to distract those guys, you know? They were just like, go and do this. And, you know, you think Her- Heracles or Perseus or whoever does really well. But, in fact, they spend about 30 years doing all that shit. So the king, he has his fun. He has yeah, his... the king's just been raking in taxes the whole yeah. time. And then in the end, he's just like, fuck it, I'll, I'll head off, you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he went and lived in Monaco. Yeah. <laughs> and Hercules was, uh, like, tired. He was, you, you think we get tired from Tyrion and Frankie. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was, he did, it was heavy travel in those days. There yep. was no, no internet, no albums. Yep. If you wanted people to know who you were, you decided to fucking go there. You had a fucking, you guys have a minstrel in the boat or in the chariot or whatever. There's no way of getting music. Keep saying no, that, fucker. No, a lot of, uh, a lot of the music was just a rumor. Mm-hmm. Do you know there's a thing where they plunk on strings and yodel? No. <laughs> I thought you meant a Fleetwood Mac thing. <laughs> this was actually, we listened to Fleetwood Mac. That would be the fucking weirdest thing that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hercules' tenth um, test was to make rumors <laughs> on his own. 
And you really have to have like inner conflict to do that because it was so based on, on uh, you know, hatred. But some, some. There's got to be a giant snake somewhere. Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to make rumors, man. Luckily, um, there's no recording devices. So in um, in about uh, when was Hercules alive? Mm. He probably wasn't. Okay, but whenever it was like ten, what a thousand years later, uh, Christine McVie, Stevie Nicks, Mick Fleetwood, and Lindsey Buckingham, and an have, eagle, they will have to prove themselves to Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> and only have to do the one hard, the hardest task of all the things. They will also have to make rumors from nothing, and they did it. But I think. They now have to do the other labors. Yeah, yeah, they should have. Uh, they should have done those other ones when they were young. The Nemean lion, fucking. Uh, he had an eagle, didn't he? Make Hercules. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting so confused. <laughs> I'll tell you which, which which one makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> played with that an eagle and a cover a hawk. Some shit, man. And um, he Medusa's often... head in a bag <laughs> for much of uh, the recording. We talk about Greek myths a lot in these, man. We should move like Norse or Aryan. Uh, well, Teutonic myths, are they called? I went back to Ioma, where my family's from in Estonia, mm-hmm. which is um, rumored by some to be uh, Valhalla. Oh, really? We've already talked about this. No? Yes. Uh, Valhalla was a place, and right. uh, not, not a heaven. And Iuma is... Um, some some people think. And there's uh, rock piles there that I was really interested to go see. Because right. I thought, oh, yeah, well, they'll probably... Like, I'll come back there, and, and the rock piles will know it's me. And form into, um, like, Thor's hammer or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, you know, I'll probably give up stand-up. Yeah, be a Norse god. Well, you you'll be the fucking minstrel in that hall, Glenn. Yeah, you, you know they'll be out fighting to the death. You'll be telling stories about. <laughs> if them. you don't want to see me <laughs> smile, <laughs> and if it takes just a little while, look in your heart, look at your hands. We'd be down in a different stance. Don't stop. Thinking about tomorrow, don't stop. It'll soon be here. It'll be better than before. Yesterday's gone. Oh, yesterday's gone. Ooh, don't you look back now. As a battle axe bites into someone's temple. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and then they went to the rock piles, and uh, no, they're just piles of rocks, man. Yeah. Really disappointing. And they had these faded pictures of the pyramids and, and, and Stonehenge, and then their pile of rocks. <laughs> you can't just put up, contrast yourself. You con- they've contrasted themselves there. They need to put up something they look good against. like Exactly, like just an empty field. Yeah, worm mounds, something like that. <laughs> I was thinking it would be good if there was a, um, 
a strong economic cover, recovery in America just so that Bruce Springsteen would have to do some really awkward records about the green shoots of recovery <laughs> happening in very small towns across America. Yeah. You build a cycle path down by the old factory <laughs> They turned it into a cafe for the students came when they built the university Come on, Tico! It's a good thing there where you can just bring in old paperbacks and exchange them. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda wish I hadn't sold my whole place there. <laughs> a lot of people in town are angry at me for running the town down just before the property boom. They sold their property and I've now I made quite a bit of money actually because I'd invested in the old factory. <laughs> a lot of people are quite annoyed about that. I bought it as a place where I could go shoot tramps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Bruce, you had a bit of a meth problem for a while. There's a yin and yang to everybody, yeah. okay? <laughs> I called it my homeless solution. <laughs> every time I talked about that, every time... I've talked to every time you send money for my homeless charity, I was taking tramps down to the old factory and making them kiss for a while and then shooting them. But you know, people don't see what they don't want to see. <laughs> you know, even I, my reputation was so high, even when I released that album, The Homeless Accost, people just ignored it and even get reviewed. <laughs> yeah, they said, I, thought, I think they thought I said at cost. <laughs> Either way, it was weird. It was weird you let me get away with that for so long. I blame you, America. I stand here before you, a five-foot-five Jewish man who shoots homeless people. You made me. You, you and don't, shut, don't you look at the boss like that. I'll fire you like I fired so many other guns into the heads of people without abodes. Have you got a house? You better. <laughs> America knows the holocaust of everything and the hollow value of nothing. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Clarence Clemens was between houses. He sold, sold one, and he was waiting to move in the other one. I took that as an opportunity. I found him in his hotel, and I, I gave him a heart attack. I killed Clarence Clemens, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you can figure this out, but the boss has terminal cancer right now. I'm going to be getting a lot off my chest in this concert. Do you know how depressing it is to live in a booming town with terminal cancer? I mean, I'm depressed even when I just log on to Wi-Fi easily in a cafe. So lovely here. One, two, three, four! <laughs> It's his Christmas charity concert to raise money for ammo for the homeless. To shoot back at him. Yeah, and just that, like that's the first time he's ever counted off that the band never started. They were just uh, 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 Bruce. What was that about Clarence? You told me to sell my condominium. <laughs> Bruce. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not selling my my my, my house to you anymore. I, I, frankly, I wondered why he wanted to buy it. And now it's all crystal clear, Bruce. Every time it's happened, I've lost out. 
that's the fifth and last time <laughs> you get in the house off this piss player. <coughs> yeah, I fix them up. You come live in them. <laughs> I don't like it, Bruce. And don't try to pin those bodies in the backyard on me, Bruce. I, know, I see what you're trying now. <laughs> yeah. I wish, yeah, I wish um, singers would go uh, more in depth of, like, like, I wish Bono would just be more honest about you two and, you know, because it's always so earnest in between songs, like, oh, we've got to help the Guatemalan finger pickers because they've lost their, they lost their shoes in the great tornado. Why don't you help them, mate? Why you, you're fucking loading, ain't you? You fucking go help them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke at the moment, mate, because to be honest, I've just paid a hundred fucking quid to come to your concert. Yeah. <laughs> See a fat guy in tight pants pretend he's a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I can get that way cheaper in Berlin, chap. <laughs> and there's not there's not so much yakky yakky yakky. It's all just it, it's all cunnilingus. <laughs> it's cunnilingus and a fat guy in tight pants. Imagine his fucking divide itself. You know, this idea we were talking about last night, our dealing, the the divided self is that, like, uh, people are brought up with um, not enough kind of uh, love or affection from their parents. So, or really, it's that their parent sort of um, teaches them uh, that when they're being themselves, that's not a great thing, and they, they try and mould them into something else that they get love from, you know? And that's probably most performers. So they've got this front self that's like doing this stuff that's trying to make mama happy. <laughs> and they've got this real self. But because your front self is visible, like it's got a body and it's what people see, it starts to become the, the real self. And because like the mind, the real you is invisible, it starts to lose all kind of ability to cope. And that's where fucking madness comes from, right? So fucking brilliant. The, ba- the band? Yeah, that's where they came from. <laughs> R.D. Lang's that, madness. Do you know that, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I was... <laughs> I was amused when you told me that last night because I thought you meant Artie Lang, who's a really um, sort of chubby uh, comedian in... <laughs> In America. They were the same guy. It was just a divided self. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had to sort of exercise his um, desire to do uh, pratfalls. What did Artie Lang do? I've never no, heard he's of funny. He's funny. He's, oh. um, he's current. <clears throat> he's still alive. But yeah, he's sort of... Um, I haven't heard a lot of his stuff, uh, but he's ex, uh, ex-junkie. ex He was on Mad TV. Um, right. Uh, yeah, he's on Opie Open, Open Anthony a lot, and I don't, I don't like shock jock radio. So yeah. Every time I hear that credit, I was like, oh, that's why I don't know you because uh, yeah. Although Opie and Anthony have now been shut down because one of them, um, I, I he he got accosted in New York. He was taking pictures of something in a. a an African American lady uh, didn't like that he was taking picture of like she she ended up in the picture so right. she like attacked him right. and 
<clears throat> then he uh, tried to subdue her, and uh, some other African-American gentlemen saw that and took it as a scuffle, so they broke in, but um, I think she tried to punch him a few times. Anyway, uh, unfortunate situation, um, <laughs> but... He went on to tweet a bunch of things about the African-American community. <laughs> and he still got sort of this, like, what? Come on! <laughs> and his one thing is, uh, he's like, uh, he's, he's allowed to carry a concealed weapon because he's famous in New York. I guess you can, he's got a... A fame license? Yeah, he's got a he had he had a gun on him, and he's like, "I didn't shoot her." <laughs> Five Letterman's, you're licensed to kill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, he was uh, quickly fired from Sirius Radio, and um, I don't know what happened I mean, after that. I feel that. that's shocking, though. What's his, I mean, that's his job. That's job description. He's supposed to. That has yeah. shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Maybe it's because he didn't do it on, on the radio. They're like, hey, don't you tweet that shit. Get in here and you say it through our... Oh, God, you're giving away the milk. Nobody's going to buy the cow. Come on. At this point, it's, I should raise the fact that we um, were approached, um, or certainly they asked me to do a, a shock, shock jock style thing on a radio station, and I sent them a tape of us uh, doing this. And said, "Well, this would be better than you know your chalk chalk thing of interviewing a dwarf who's had a boob job, you know." <laughs> and uh, they uh, told us to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, was that Fubar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought we should have contacted them. That's 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 upsetting. <laughs> they, they contacted us. Uh, right. <laughs> that's shitty. Fucking. I think all really successful singers and people probably are fucking mental. And like they're just protected from saying much in public, you know? And were we talking about this in an earlier one where it's just when they're, they're no longer useful to Warner Brothers or whoever, they just go to Tom Cruise and go, yeah, go on, go on, go on Oprah, tell what you think. Tell what you think uh, what's going on up in space. <laughs> And then they just shuffle on to the next guy, and he's equally fucking nuts, but they just protect him for a bit. Maybe uh, maybe there's a alternate version, like a second self radio, you know, <laughs> where everyone's real self is now just sort of connected on a... Like, they made two internets, one for us and one for the real us, and now they're all on, on faceless book. <laughs> I'm co-presenting this with my divided self. <laughs> no, you're not. Hey, excuse me, you think you've got one divided self? <laughs> Splitting up like an amoeba over here. <laughs> God, I'd, I'd love to see... I, I would listen to Rush Limbaugh's Divided self radio, <laughs> like or like anything like that, like Fox News, where they just have to really fly a plane load of shit into your head every day. Just uh, open it up, here it comes. <laughs> open the hatch, babe. <laughs> 
It's a good day. I heard that Nas song about um, Fox, Crafty Fox or something it's called. No. It's about how much he hates Fox News and all that. It's dead politically conscious kind of album. Um, uh, it's really great. And then in the middle he does a song about how much he loves fried chicken. <laughs> Just... It's like, nice. <laughs> we were so nearly there. We just talk, he's talking to the fried chicken like it's a woman. When I leave you down, baby, on a little paper napkin. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, fuck. Fuddle your breasts <laughs> and your legs. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think Nas didn't get there first. <laughs> Is that bucket for my cup? <laughs> How's the sales going? Well, nice. People are asking if there's a version without that song. <laughs> <laughs> Real happy with the rest of it. Yeah, it set a record for um, the uh, least downloaded song off a hit album. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, we can actually chart that. And uh, We didn't know we could. they could return songs until now. We were pretty adamant we weren't, weren't going to let him do it. And then we, we had a little peekaboo on that song. That's, we, we gave it a little listen, and uh, we're Christians. We're Christians, and we can't, you know. Are you sure, man? You know, because isn't it just Bruce Springsteen has released a record about how bad that song is, and he's going to talk it down and then buy in low? Are you sure? Springsteen's been talking this record down for months. We initially thought that too. Uh, we, you know, that's why we wouldn't sell our stock in it. But uh, no, Naz, it's the song. It's <laughs> He's been taking pot shots at me when I'm at the grocery store. I dangle my house keys in front of the boss, and he says he slaps him away, and he goes, "That's what Bruce does." I'm Bruce isn't here right now. I'm the real boss. That's why they all rap about their cars and cribs and money and stuff, man, because they know that if Springsteen suspects them of being homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got blunts and rods and <laughs> menage a trois. I've got a really strong uh, fiscal base. <laughs> starting to realize who the man is <laughs> actually the man is one man <laughs> it's Bruce Springsteen <laughs> I called myself the boss and just nobody caught on I mean, yeah. said, hiding, hiding in plain sight you know, my strategy <laughs> Tupac was actually between <laughs> properties <laughs> That's how I got him. <laughs> I have the documentation to prove it. And um, a, lot, a lot of people know this, but very early law in the books in America, now, you had to own property to vote, but uh, you could also shoot a homeless man. That, that, that's in there. Uh, so uh, and, and it never changes. It's like one of those joke laws that they're like, oh, okay, you these bill. Yeah, you can still do it. <laughs> For legal reasons, we must point out that Bruce Springsteen does not kill the homeless, <laughs> nor does he attempt to buy in on uh, properties that he badmouths in his songs. I think at this point, I would take a lawsuit from Bruce Springsteen. 
just to just to bring this to light. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not saying that Bruce Springsteen kills the homeless or uh, <laughs> runs down, <laughs> runs down properties and buys into them. <laughs> okay, I think we're covered. Yeah, <laughs> I think the second one has, is actually true. <laughs> I think they're both true. <laughs> don't think they're true <clears throat> okay yeah um not a bad career move for you bruce if you're out there listening <laughs> people are kind of bored with what you've been up to in the past few years and uh, let's be let's be honest bruce your your fan base is dying <laughs> your fan base is dying quicker than a vietnam vet out front of your house at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> Quick, died quicker than a once promising town in Reaganite America. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your town. Move town. You know? Just move town. Yeah. <laughs> I just moved town and things were better. <laughs> there was no jobs in the old town, but I went to a bigger town. Well, just what, you know, what they seem to be complaining about, like the mine closed. Well... I mean, surely if you're digging a big hole, you have to know that there's a reason somebody's digging a hole there, and it's because there's something that you want, and that 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 one day you're gonna get it all. Yeah, and also you've just got yourself fuel to get the fuck out of town. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are we gonna get out? Of, I don't know. All we've got is gasoline from the coal plant. I know that's not how they make gasoline, but well, one day we should. Yeah. <laughs> Let's invent the biggest environmental disastrous <laughs> conversion program ever. It takes 3000 cubic acres of fresh water to to make one cube of charcoal into gasoline, but goddamn it we're going to do it. <laughs> That's what I like this thing about it. Getting rid of Trident. I mean, I think we should get rid of Trident and everything in Scotland. But um, you know, if someone attacks those submarines and they're based in England, I mean, to us, it's just the difference between our flesh being stripped over four minutes by a poisonous fo- fog or living for all eternity as a burning shadow. I mean, there's no, there's no upside to any kind of nuclear exchange. I'm just throwing that in there. If somebody attacks Trident... Yeah, so the thing is to move it to England. You know, if Scotland becomes independent, right? England will have to take their own subs, but, I mean, it's like... Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about gum. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so they're, they're going to move the subs. Uh, Scotland wants rid of the subs. Yeah. Um, and once Well, you, you were never going to get to keep them. I think we could keep him and commit suicide. <laughs> Farewell, England. Yeah. <laughs> like an abused wife just got out of a relationship. And just... Explain this to Europe. <laughs> Both pointed into Loch Lomond like it's mouse. Just... <laughs> um, okay, so you have to move the subs, but if... Are you saying that if somebody attacks the subs by them blowing up, then everything will die? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. I reckon a concerted nuclear attack on England 
won't be great for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. North Korea want to think about that in their war with South Korea as well. <laughs> Let's blow up Korea. Uh, you a problem here, boss. Yeah. We're Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they could use um, North Korea as a punishment zone for bad countries like Israel. <laughs> you have to go live in North Korea for a while. You know what you did. Well, like the other way around, man. You have to go in the like evacuate everyone from Palestine and just have that as like where, like, um, countries that misbehave go. It's like, okay, you are now bordering Israel. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> uh, we've got a telegram from them for you, and it's just the word implacable uh, two hundred times. Make of that what you will. Yeah. If I were you, I wouldn't look over that wall. (laughs) It's like a horror movie. Look over the wall. (laughs) That 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 is in their culture. That is a very big sign of aggression. (laughs) Just having a having a peep. (laughs) Also, don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't like that. They don't. Yeah. Well, it's not that you can't have kids. It's just we really don't have any place to teach them anymore. Or bury them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, on a serious note, I see why Israel's upset, you know? Why? They did shoot some rockets into them. That that should that should be stopped. Eventually, after after they'd imprisoned them behind a wall and put a blockade around them and starved them of food and medicine and supplies. Someone, I thought they were flirting. Someone fired some <laughs> fucking fireworks through the bars of their fucking prison, and uh, mass murder resulted. Yeah, I see that as a position. No, uh, I'm I'm aware of all that, but um, that that's not a that was not a good move. Uh, like you know. I'm not. I'm not defending their actions, but uh, if there was a like, like there's a really crazy guy on the bus, you don't you don't go poke him. To, you know, shh, come on, we're all trying to, you know, that's yeah, a but, crazy man. Yeah, but maybe if a crazy guy locked you in his cellar, you try and bang on the window. <laughs> you know, <Nope>. <laughs> help. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, the utter passivity that's demanded of them as opposed to um you know the the absolute fucking madness that's tolerated from israel seems to me to be huge and that thing of just if you just didn't do anything well now there's evidence they didn't kill those teenagers oh really yeah so they didn't they didn't do that so if you just didn't do stuff but we didn't do this stuff it still doesn't matter all those operations are planned in advance anyway operation cast lead you know it's all done to Look impromptu, but it's still, you know, it's planned for months, obviously. And, you know, they're timed. It. Like, Operation Cast Lead was timed for fucking uh, when schools were kicking out. You know, they tried to kill as many people as possible. It's psychotic. Uh, right. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't uh, take their side, but um, I, yeah, uh, I would, I would tell the Palestinians that don't, don't do that. 
that's not that's it's, not the it's sort of the evident it's sort of the it's sort of the advice you give someone in a bear attack, isn't it? If you just curl up and play dead, maybe it won't eat you. And maybe it won't, but probably will. <laughs> you know, your, your fireworks are probably not the problem. Yeah. Anyway, this does, does this go to Israel? <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. In fact, I'll tell you who owns FUBAR Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if you hear that. That's the freaky thing. Um, the uh, the knock the knock missile. The, uh, we're coming. They, uh, they send three missile, three little missiles in front of the big missile that is supposed to hit the house to tell you that a big missile is coming. But I don't think that's like a warning at all. I think it's like Larry Holmes. That's like a range finder. You know? <laughs> you know, he used to like paw someone's head. So the get finest bump. jab in the industry. <laughs> yeah, it's a jab. Yeah. <laughs> that whole idea of just texting people to say, we're bombing you. You're like, even a fucking Facebook murderer will pretend you're going on a date, you know? <laughs> And not everybody has their phone on them all. There's people searching through rubble for their fucking kids and finding a phone, like, one message and one missed call. I know! I know! <laughs> <laughs> they're so busy now, they're just sending, like, emoticons, just a little brown face with a frown. Sorry. <laughs> and a little missile. <laughs> yeah. Actually, five missiles. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, humorous, too, where they're like, uh, you know the Palestinians are using human shields. Like, well, you've got them in a concrete shoebox. What else? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, they're hiding behind each other. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but there's never been a time when, when, you know, people have used human shields successfully because humans are fucking rubbish shields. <laughs> Humans are such bad shields that humans had to invent the shield. <laughs> Their bodies just fall to bits under attack. Think of, as well, that thing, oh, they're, hiding, they're hiding fucking rockets in schools and stuff. And is like, How well behaved are Palestinian children, man? If they had a rocket in my school, we would have fucking had that thing up on the roof in seconds. That might have been where the trouble started. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the scale of things you did growing up that you got in trouble for? Can you imagine if you shot a rocket into Israel? <laughs> Son, I know you're just you're, you're sowing your wild oats, but you really you really did it this time. That was not for shooting into Israel. We we, we don't do that. Uh... Those poor fucking kids, man. Because like so many of them are kids. The Palestinian version of Stand By Me must be like two minutes long. So <laughs> <laughs> dead body, we're there. Yeah, they don't even get up from the PlayStation. <laughs> boom, boom, boo-doo, boom, boom, boo-doo, boom. <laughs> you just hear like fucking, who is it, Benny King? Dying in the song. Like, just like, when the night... <laughs> I always thought that song was like someone who was about to impart some really horrendous information to his partner. So it's like, it's all going to be okay as long as you stand by me. But he prefaces it with, when the night is long. 
And it, it, it seems like the dawn is so far away or whatever, and he's about to tell her something. It'll all be fine as long as you stand by me. Like, you have fucking strangled someone, man. Like, there's nothing that gets... I think we know who killed the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Benny King killed a deaf kid in 1952. And this is his, this is his part confession. Well, nowadays you get to carry a gun if you're famous, but in the old days they give you a train and you could drive it at kids. Why they had to take out Sam Cooke in the end because he was just driving the thing off the line. <laughs> 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 oh, tried to take that thing to an A&W. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, Sam? Sam Cooke with his trade. It was like watching Paul Bunyan and his ex just <laughs> flying through urban neighborhoods. <laughs> he created the Dust Bowl. <laughs> Oh, God. It's the ultimate performer death, isn't it? To get killed in a fucking hotel lobby. <laughs> like, fuck. Is that how Sam Cooke died? No, no. He, he was um, uh, trying to go back to the hotel that this um, girl had told him to meet her at. And the uh, um, manageress said she thought you know, he was breaking in and uh, shot him. And they now have a Sam Cooke memorial checkout where you're blasted out the front doors backwards at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> you want the Sam Cook memorial service? Uh, yeah, but there's some suspicion that maybe he was bumped off. And he also, you know, he he was deliberately uh, trying to uh, do stuff to inspire, you know, kind of the civil rights movement and stuff like that. Really? And, yeah. He was um, a great, he was a great guy. Well, why, why was he continually breaking into hotels then? It wasn't. It was just in those days. You wouldn't be. <laughs> was just saying, yeah, yeah. But his real self just loved touching Gideon's Bibles. He just really loved the Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so religious. I wonder how many, if you went to like the Gideon's factory, how many Bibles they'd just give you. I think they'd, they'd be suspicious immediately. Just, I just want a bunch of Bibles. I think it depends what you look like. I mean, if you look like us. Sam Cooke was declined. <laughs> that's why he had to go on his crime spree across the south. <laughs> it was a trainload of Gideon's Bibles, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was Sam, I thought this new song, I, th I thought it was all metaphor. <laughs> You've really got that, do you? Wow! <laughs> That's not a lot of people know, but his middle name was Meth. <laughs> and he was the one who started that. That's where the word meth cook comes from. A change is going to come <laughs> through my fantastic methamphetamine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, do they still call mess cooks that? Because that's probably... You know, that's had to change. So what 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 were you doing in, in Iraq? I was a meth cook. Do you have a speech impediment? Yes, I do. Okay, you got the job. Or Jamie Oliver when he says he's going to make mashed potato. Mashed potato. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Sam Cooke was actually um, sponsored by, I don't know if you know, Old Man Springsteen. Old Man Springsteen, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's dad, got Sam Cooke to invent methamphetamine to bring some towns to their knees before Springsteen Jr. came along to capitalize. And um, Springsteen's real self, who abhors the uh, the shooting of all the homeless people, <laughs> traveled back in time. Uh, and maybe maybe like Springsteen's real self went back in time to kill Sam Cooke. Uh, perhaps he was technically between homes because he was on tour or something. <laughs> Cooke knew if he reached the safety of a hotel. <laughs> I just need to check in. <laughs> Didn't get to the front door. No. Springsteen's real self time traveled into the lobby. Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Springsteen hasn't even done that yet. That's on his to-do list. That must be a terrible thing for a time traveler to go, I've got all this stuff to do, but I can put it off indefinitely. You know, you're just like, i got to go back and kill Sam Cooke, but, you know, let's have a nice Christmas with the kids first. <laughs> if you if you were working on a time travel machine and a really old personal version of yourself just went it's not worth it you you, you lose everything buddy you, you your wife your kids it's just not worth it just go back in and play legos with your kids i'm gonna lose my wife and kids <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way. If he come back and goes, yeah, you you stay with her just out of convenience. This this just takes up your whole life. I wouldn't do it if I were you. Yeah, I I knew you that uh, I knew you'd start building the time machine faster if I told you you lost your wife and kids, and that's why I've brought. Is that is that Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Like a really old one? Yeah, he's a procrastinator. Yeah. What can I tell you? But here so, he is. So uh, is this uh, is this uh, garage on your property, or <laughs> what sort of rules do you have about that? Sometimes the structure's not in the actual vicinity of the property, so you'd be homeless, so to speak. I don't, I don't know about any of that stuff, Bruce, because I rent. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> and the irony is, the town started dying because they put all their funds into this time machine company. <laughs> Springsteen, he's like that snake that's eating its own tail. Surrounds the world. The fuck is that thing called? You can again? see it too. <laughs> What is it called? I can't remember. Maybe the town is dying should be, should have been taken more literally. <laughs> that, that that might have been a threat. I think the GDP is down because like there's only twenty five people here. <laughs> I mean it was a very profitable plastics factory, but like twelve of us can't <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't meet, meet the demand, and uh, we started working pretty. We tried to work overtime, and that's when the meth came into it. <laughs> Bruce is still. Can I tell you, this guy arrived with the voice of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest methamphetamine you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Now lying dead in 1952 in that hotel is Naz. 
and Sam Cooke and Bruce Springsteen are traveling through time shooting the homeless <laughs> with one of the best versions of ebony and ivory you've ever heard in your goddamn life. Clarence is there. They went to they they went to purgatory and got Clarence Clemens back as he was just doing all the elevator music. And you know the beauty of it all. You know how they got Nash? Cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring a gun back through time. Not a lot of people know this. You can't bring chicken. <laughs> he died of a heart attack in that hotel lobby, then they kicked his body around a bit. <laughs> Luckily, that was just the staff who saw that a black man was having a heart attack. <laughs> That was that was the South. That was the fifties. Does anyone here not know CPR? Well, go go, go to that. <laughs> Does anybody not know what they're doing? Have a, one of our dusty cousins is holding his chest over there. Oh. I, I didn't realize the American. Uh, they had a, a Northern Ku Klux Klan. That the Ku Klux Klan was like a Southern thing and like was really big. Had a was. I had a brief period where it was like millions of people. Yeah. But the Americans, what was the North one? It was like the, the American Defense League or something. But they were just like the, the clan, essentially. Oh, Same right. thing, shoots and all that shit. Yeah. Well, we saw that on the Monty Python thing yesterday. Terry Gilliam, oddly, in the middle of one of the most boring documentaries yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, that was... Terry Gilliam started talking about the clan. Uh, you know how the Klan kind of ran America when he was growing up. <laughs> so, I mean, it was really odd. And then they had the sh- they had footage of the Million Klan March, I believe. Like there was all they were all. So if you had the sound down on that documentary, and it was just the rest of it was just like life growing up in suburban England, and then like Terry Gilliam laughing about something. <laughs> And a million clan members marching on Washington, and then him in a snowsuit, and he's four years old in Minnesota. It's like he's got a weird family. That was like a documentary where they packed out the only not interesting things that had ever happened to Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, I got an ice lolly, and, yeah. and I remember my father had a wristwatch. Mm. <laughs> it was like fucking many Becca people or something. know about. Terry Gilliam's mother's award-winning squash that she grew. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. It's like that, though, isn't it? Stuff comes along that's really anarchic and different and all that stuff, and then they can't even show it, you know? Like, so they, they talk about it in future. Of course, those boys were completely anarchic. <laughs> like, so they talk about the guns or something. It's like you get, like, a two-second clip as I'm like, like we can't show that stuff anymore because it doesn't make sense in our dead culture. So uh, you hear about Peter Cook all every fucking documentary you hear about Peter Cook, you never fucking hear him say a word. It's like fucking Saddam Hussein or something. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but Peter Cook is actually the and still is the figurative head of the IRA, and you're not allowed. You can't broadcast his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Jerry Adams. Although Jerry Adams, he's um. He's allowed to talk on TV now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. They he just... should have released an album. <laughs> like, is he allowed to sing? <laughs> <laughs> he should have, like, got really support from really famous Americans and just had, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and um, I think Morgan Freeman would have been a very good Jerry Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Not of authority. 
naked or showing their support in that way. Yeah, well, I mean, it also comes to the point of uh, we will now dissect the comedy of Peter Cook. Oh, <laughs> that's just how I like my comedy. Dissect, dissected by a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> The way I like to see a mermaid is on an autopsy table. Yes. <laughs> we don't know what a lot of these organs do, but... <laughs> Let's have Tim Brooke Taylor give his opinion. <laughs> it's the best you can hope for, man. The best you can hope for is to be misunderstood and eventually... Just have your face turn up on a T-shirt worn by a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the absolute top level of show business and politics and revolution, you know? If Che Guevara knew he was going to be in fucking skateboards, <laughs> he would have continued. It would have been too depressing. I think he would have got his hair cut if he knew he was going <laughs> for such a big photo. <laughs> um. I, I definitely think um, he'd try to be a little, a little less Planet of the Apey. <laughs> he does look like a Planet of the Ape. <laughs> that, that iconic yeah. photograph. Maybe that's what he was starting. <laughs> he had his own agenda. Do you know one thing I've noticed? Um, and I've not seen the new one. Mm-hmm. Might be an idea tonight. I've seen it. It's all right. Uh, is it all right? Okay, I've heard it's great, but uh, almost everyone I talk to is cheering for the apes. Everyone wants the apes to win. Well, this is the position we've got to now, right, in planetary death terms, is we've, we're actually, I think, going through the five stages of grief for the planet, <laughs> and we've arrived at bargaining, you know, and we're like, maybe Russell Randall sorted out, you know? <laughs> nope, nope, you're dying. And... I think that uh, Planet Apes is sort of a reflection of that. And we're like, maybe another species will take over. Remember that big George Carlin routine of it? Man, will go, but they'll still be here. And not one. It'll be a burning fucking cinder for eternity. And uh, that's how I'm closing my show. And <laughs> <laughs> it's going badly because people like escapist comedy. And uh, my message is there's no escape. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, when it's about Jerry Adams and also with uh, Palestine. That's that's when democracy gets funny, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, look, you you elect who you want, and we li- not not them. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you be more like the Saudi Arabians who are peaceful and don't have any elections and? Collapsed a wall onto a guy's back as a punishment to paralyze him. (laughs) There are friends electing these crazy people to represent your interests. Yeah, that's what that's what Israel should really do is shoot a monarchy into Palestine. (laughs) That's what what Israel wants Palestine to have. Like, okay, if we just you are the kings. Uh, Okay. No monarchy would want it because there's no fucking money. <laughs> I'm the monarch of this <laughs> dying kingdom. Maybe, I feel like I'm in a Springsteen song. Maybe like a goth band <laughs> might want to be the king of Palestine. <laughs> Ian Watkins, we finally had a job. 
<laughs> I don't want it, okay? Yeah. It's a poison chalice. <laughs> I've heard all the children are dead anyway. <laughs> you call me when a couple of babies pop out, I might be able to make it over there. <laughs> it's better when you do it with the Welsh accent. But yeah, God, have we have we covered Ian Watkins and the other ones? Every everything is better in the Welsh accents. <laughs> I just can't do <laughs> the it. Is one. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I, I don't, as I just proved there, just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. You see, I've never really tried hard to do accents. Sometimes I can. Sometimes sometimes I can pull off a, quite a passable Scottish one, but I can never be sure what's coming out. <laughs> like sometimes it's good, <laughs> sometimes it's not. So. For like Sam Cooke throwing open a hotel door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done that. I've always done a Welsh voice like this based on Rod Gilbert but it's because my son has this dragon that he likes me to like, improvise stories with but for some reason for me the fucking dragon's Welsh well it's a dragon, well, Welsh dragon. See, yeah. so I've always done that voice to the point where it's pretty fucking weird to meet Rod Gilbert <laughs> and not actually have my hand up his back improvising a fucking story about a, a magic boy <laughs> Have you tried selling this to Fubar? Rod, we've got an idea for the show. You play you, and Frankie plays your divided self. <laughs> yeah, Ian Watkins, have we done anything on him yet? Uh, no. <clears throat> I think it's what the public want. Because um, I, I think Fubar would have lapped this up. <laughs> I think Ian Watkins actually has our slot on Fubar <laughs> with H from Steps. <laughs> in and out. <laughs> I'd just like to say to you, Ian, that you have ruined my life. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I'd like to add something to that, Glenn, but it's right in the bullseye and I can't split that arrow. <laughs> this is, yeah. yeah, this is how, uh, oh, what's his name? Who, who shot his wife? The guy... Um, well, between you and me, <laughs> Robert Wagner, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen three times. Legal disclaimer, Robert Wagner did not shoot his wife. Uh, no, the, 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 beat, the beat poet who shot his wife in Mexico. Oh, William Burroughs. Burroughs, yep. yeah. I was going to, you were saying, I can't split that arrow. This is how Burroughs' wife's got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit an apple off her head too, you fuckface. <laughs> For two years after that, everybody was just putting a, like a, a, a full whiskey glass on top of the head of the wife they just shot and trying that. <laughs> Burrow's got it. Burrow's worked it. So let me get this straight. You were trying to punch a whiskey glass off of your wife's head. Yes. So, Mr. Burrow, first things first, you're gay. 
And we seem to have a dead wife here, but uh, I like this whole William Tell story. Just sign here, collect your belongings at the desk. And there is the small matter of the bribe, Mr. Burroughs. <laughs> Is, are those traveler's checks? Yes, those will be. <laughs> yeah, they're all uh, stamped from uh, City Boo Said, uh, where I hang out a lot. <clears throat> I went there, um, you know, where Byron and um, Jordan and Burroughs and that used to all go to shag young men. Where did you um, go? City Boo Said. I didn't know this. <laughs> I would have loved it if I'd known it because I'd fucking love Joe Orton. Um, And uh, yeah, it's really redolent of. of, Oh, uh, is that? That's the place we saw in the movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, with uh, that's the day that I realized Alfred Molina was English. Yeah, it's Tunisia. Uh, And uh, that was. I suppose the early days of sex tourism. I don't know whether it was pedophilia or just. Yeah, I I wouldn't count it as that. I think those lads were up for it. (laughs) They're probably hungry too, but you know, still. (laughs) I I don't know. I feel like hate from steps here now you've said that. (laughs) I disagree, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm not um, covering up for anything I may have done in the past. <laughs> you know, when I first twigged, we were doing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, I've not been to the place, but if I, you know, if somebody's banging a 16-year-old boy, that that's that's a man in many cultures, and he can make his own decisions. You know, I find that really weird. Do you remember that film, Mystic River? No, that? Clint Eastwood directed this film, and it's like got Tim Robbins in it, and there's a murder mystery, and you think Tim Robbins did it, and he's maybe like um, got some kind of mild learning difficulty or something. Um, and in the end, the big sort of reveal is Tim Robbins didn't do it; he was at the time um, beating the shit out of some guy who was uh, getting a blowjob off a rent boy, and that was actually seen as being like you know, sort of Batman type. Behavior and you sort of like, and the rent by looked about 20. <laughs> and you're like, Is this is this is like your, your alibi is that you were a gay basher, and this was perfectly acceptable in mainstream culture? There's that thing, isn't there, about the line between, um, you know, just what is just consensual gay sex that people are a bit freaked out by and always have been and one of the reasons is and perhaps the real story with a lot of those political things is like a lot of those guys were gay and were enacting completely anti-gay policies and were very prejudiced against gay interests I mean that's kind of the real story is that they oh I hate gay people and they're gay it might have made the sex better well, I definitely it's it's the way they used to do sort of bondage, like enact all these laws. <laughs> oh, oh, this is gonna be good later tonight. We need to tighten up these laws. <laughs> I want to get hung for this. And <laughs> <From> my boss. <laughs> We're gonna have to debate this in Parliament. Yes, we are. Mm. In- Why um, for the execution? The, for the hood, 
Why is it a, being changed to a gimp mask? Shut up! <laughs> Just do it. It'll embarrass them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the House of Lords was just for like people who had had too much weird pedophilic sex and they were promoted then. And it's like some witness protection. Are you going to need a new name? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Just the name of a place and a wig. <laughs> Can I at least wear a dress? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that, there is no, the dress is just what they pick. <laughs> There's an array of clothes, but it is always the dress that they go for. Yeah. They can go in as a knight in armor. I mean, King Arthur would have hated this. <laughs> <laughs> Just one guy at King Arthur's court that always came in a dress and a big curly wig. Yeah, Galahad uh, <laughs> dressing up there again, huh? <laughs> Maybe that's who Guinevere was, and he was just there. <laughs> Lancelot wanted him. <laughs> there was so much like disquiet at court, he had to pretend there was a holy grail. Everyone needs to go away. <laughs> Maybe it was a way to make King Arthur stop hitting on him. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> girls are gross. <laughs> I did this bit last night that was like a bit fucking weird, like optimism, right? And uh, just sort of goes like, you know, optimism is quite a stupid point of view in a lot of ways, right? So like, you know, the idea that if a paedophile fucks a kid, they're more likely to become a paedophile themselves, statistically, you know, it's like being bitten by a vampire or something. The optimistic view of that is that paedophiles are really good at choosing which kids are into it, you know? <laughs> and it was like... Like anti laughter. It was like everybody synchronized breathing in at once. Okay, okay Frankie, good luck with that one. Well, I've I've used that statistic before to go, you know, I'm not saying it is, but if that's true, it might be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to check. I don't want to open up that poison chalice. But uh, I think this might be the very place to leave those two jokes <laughs> on, this, on this album. <laughs> two versions of the same thought that very probably uh, groups of people in a basement uh, don't enjoy. <laughs> Not all groups of people in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did you have to do a secret knock to get into that basement? <laughs> They're gonna love you, joke. Yeah. Is there eight people in it and six people leaving? <laughs> have they all told you the joke already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's um. Uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You remember that tweet I did? Um, the uh, the Pope has come out and said only 2% of Catholic priests are pedophiles. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that 2% is their penises. <laughs> Some of the pedants in the fucking Twitterverse. One was, uh, excuse me, the plural of penises is peni. <laughs> 
Do you know, it's like a fucking puppy farm, that place, you know? It's like if you went and saw a cage of puppies and they're all biting each other, and you, this is a fucking unhappy place. This is not a happy place. Wag your fucking tail and shut the fuck up. But yeah, like it'd be like fucking... Be like if Bruce Springsteen released a song for free over the internet, and you're like, "Well, that I, I, that's not how I would have done the saxophone solo." <laughs> I, I was you're so like, lucky you live in your parents' basement. <laughs> that counts. I always think it's like martial arts criticism. Anyone who criticizes comedy, do you know what I mean? She's like, it's a skill you develop over a long period of time. And you're like, he should have kicked harder. <laughs> should have jumped higher. Punched more. That's <laughs> what I'd have done. <laughs> Good luck. If I could ever get out of this basement I've been chained up in for 32 years now. I started as quite a child, but now I've kind of mastered the internet. <laughs> Most of my masters are dead, but I've been uh, twisted this way by Tory sex parties from when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, they've, they've said I could leave for years. I, I, <laughs> I don't have anywhere to go. So no one fucks me anymore. I know that. And all I want to do is fuck a kid because it really is fun. <laughs> I can't leave because Springsteen could be on a rooftop. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't even need to be him. He's got that whole E Street band. Uh, one of them was in the Mafia. Uh, uh, I think he's in Norway now or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to the supermarket, I definitely take the D or the F route. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling the conservatives you can't kick me out of here don't <laughs> let that be known that i do not have a sex dungeon to live in anymore <laughs> i sweep up i do things around the house i cook but mostly i just make smarmy remarks on the internet <laughs> running my comedy forum <laughs> <laughs> it's called the uh, ten thousand people who are really interested in but hate comedy <laughs> yeah you can catch me at uh, hashtag Tory Fuck Puppet. <laughs> Washed up Tory Fuck Puppet. That's my that's my handle. <laughs> and Fubar wanted nothing nothing to do with this. Well, we haven't sent them this one. <laughs> do you have that in any other industry where there's like a bunch of people that just fucking hate it that talk about it all the time? Maybe football. Maybe you're like, oh, you're football. That guy's a fucking shit player. But you still, you still like summon him. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate everybody. Yeah, I don't like the ball. I don't, I don't like the net. Does that need to be there? <laughs> oh, this has been done before. I mean, <laughs> I played with the ball last year. <laughs> Is that thing now where people just respond to words? They've been trained to respond to like, um, he said rape in that joke. <laughs> and you're like, I can train a dog to respond to a word. You know? <laughs> Jehovah's Witness. Get him. Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> like, 
I want you to respond to the ideology behind the words because you're a human. And if you if you're fucking like an out of context, out of context stuff, out of context, Die Hard is about air conditioning. If you just <laughs> take a fucking snippet out of there. I heard a word out of context and I blah, 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 blah. And you're like <laughs> What about thinking about the words and what might be meant by them? Don't need to. <laughs> I did that twenty years ago. Now I just know what words I don't like. <laughs> Freeze up the day for me. <laughs> Fubar radio. But not beyond all recognition. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we still want people to recognize, you know. We just... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like anyone who tells you they're crazy. No, could, you're not. <laughs> could you fuck off beyond all recognition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are, you're now Fobar. <laughs> For legal reasons, we must state that they're offered... Uh, of employment was uh, informal. <laughs> I don't have an email track of that. Yeah, you know, in um, in American uh, or True Detective, um, remember Ginger that was in the back of the truck when they found the first guy they thought was uh, the Yellow King. Remember the biker that they got they got to the meth dealer through. Yeah, yeah. What happened to him? They just left it. <laughs> Is he still in the back of the truck? <laughs> he's just living a whole different story that we didn't get to see, man. Yeah, he's going to be like the new um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> are dead. <laughs> they show you like a separate series that's like his spin-off but you have to take it's like 3D glasses you have to take methamphetamine to watch it <laughs> and it seems to be like four seconds long but you lose your job <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I wonder I wondered about old Ginger there he's still out there that amazing scene like where he goes through the house and like gets in the face and the fucking helicopter's flying over him and he's trying to get that witness out of there and it's like gunfire and all that stuff and my girlfriend's just was just like I just thought that episode was a bit boring and just, I was like if you're a woman it's <laughs> <was> like it's <laughs> like, like a smart drug tailored to everything that I would enjoy someone abduct a meth dealer in a never-ending violent shot patrolled by a helicopter. Yeah, they actually, it's like they put a camera in your happy place. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I go when I'm trying to calm down. Robert Service. Robert Service, <coughs> for those who don't know, was a the poet of the Yukon. He was the poet of the Klondike Gold yep. Rush, uh, but was actually Glaswegian. 
Yes. And I picked, uh, I was in uh, Yellowknife for my brother's wedding, and they had a, they had a biography on him. And uh, I've always liked Robert Service, but I didn't know a lot about him. And the, uh, the first, uh, the opening paragraph, you know, just uh, the, the one, I guess they kind of know if you're a savvy book reader, you're going to probably just going to read that and see if you want to buy the book. And uh, it starts with him on a train across Canada with uh, $5 in his pocket. He's just immigrated from Scotland and he is wearing um, a Buffalo Bill Cody's uh, uh, authentic outfit that his father had bought for him <laughs> in a magazine or something. <laughs> And he's going to Vancouver just saying, ah, I don't know, something will come up. I think authentic was the word they used in the advert. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some paper hat. I feel like Tony looked a lot like Napoleon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say he drew off of his look. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, uh, and, and where he ended up living, like he was... Um, he he just happened to be in Vancouver working in a bank at the when the gold rush happened and they sent him up and that's how he became the the voice of the Klondike because he was just up there working in a bank um, because of nominative determinism service he's going to end up in a service <laughs> industry I was a butler to a gold miner but that just seemed weird so I started working in a bank yeah <laughs> we were sure. If I was never sure if they were calling me or... They... <laughs> yeah. I was a terrible waiter. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't much of a tennis umpire either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My years in the ministry were confusing. <laughs> tennis. Not a lot of players... Or good on clay, or great on tundra. That's <laughs> one of the things I found in my umpiring years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was there, and then uh, moved. Uh, he moved over to France um, for World War One to start, <laughs> and then uh, he uh, he came back. Well, he ran a ambulance service. Him and a bunch of other authors. That were living in Paris at the time, <laughs> they had cars and nobody else really had cars, so they were like, the, they were driving to the front, <laughs> picking people up, going, "Ah, oh, get in the car, man." Authors don't really do that anymore, man. You can't imagine fucking Martin Amis turning up in fucking <laughs> Palestine in a fucking four by four. I just thought, you know, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, he went back to North America, then went back to France in time for uh, World War Two to start. So not a not a lucky man to be hanging out with. Yeah. Is he, the, the idea that he is was some kind of curse on humanity seems quite strong. Like he he caused most of most of the pain of oh, over nearly a century. Yeah. In the world. Yeah, and it, it can't be it can't be um, can't be disregarded. <laughs> I mean, three times, <laughs> three times service. 
<laughs> Come on. Are you clumsy? Is that what <laughs> happens? Um, I was a no. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool. No, that's wrong. You fool me. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me thrice, Robert Service. World War Three. <laughs> Thanks. It's a good thing he died when he did. <laughs> he was just heading for North Korea in a rowboat. And <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end of the second album when I start to go on hunger strike? Or they just told me I've got to go on hunger strike? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you hadn't. Uh... That album tails off. <laughs> Although, to be fair, you've waited on mushrooms. Do you remember? Like, yep. we were coming back to the hotel room and uh, I was getting nothing off the mushroom things that you got from Amsterdam and you went uh, oh I got a slight effect in the corridor you know and it started wobbling and sort of dissolving a wee bit but then I got into the room and I was fine I, I said I got nothing Glenn except you know the the corridor started the dissolving kind of effect you know that was that was a bit all I got and you I looked at you and you were just ashen faced and you went I don't know that that was an effect <laughs> <laughs> we got like from that session there's one line in the whole album there's one line of, that, of me shouting something and you sort of going yeah <laughs> worrying about how you're going to get back along that corridor to your room. <laughs> I don't even think I was any good at comedy it's just that everybody else was on coke <laughs> And it's just like if there had been a like a high profile business where you had to do jigsaw puzzles but everybody else was like on fucking morphine. <laughs> I'd have probably done all right with that too. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean to do a jigsaw puzzle in a two thousand city. Okay. Well, everyone else is asleep, so I'll do it. <laughs> We're in a feedback loop with our audience of three thousand people who listen to this on YouTube and got really angry about um, you saying um, that atheism required as much faith as religion. Oh, yes. Yes, those people. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's right, okay? Atheism is right and you are wrong. (laughs) Yeah. As can be proved by... You know when you find yourself arguing with the comedy podcast? <laughs> I'm going to write a letter to this. Yeah, you know, uh, me- remember when I also uh, alluded to Michael Jackson time traveling backwards? Uh, not, why didn't you disagree with that also? <laughs> I'm starting to think you're not a serious person, comedian. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I am slowly losing my tolerance to um, any sort of argument for atheism. Like it's just once it comes up, it's like, well, you're you're going to be um, you're going to be like a fucking Catholic priest in 1972 over this <laughs> <laughs> blasphemer. People don't get that whole idea of just fucking that you're adopting opinions for a laugh, do they? It's like an article of fucking Stuart Lee goes, oh, some of these comedians are just like they're just, um, you know, it's just like they're trying on these opinions to see which is funniest. And you're like, yep, it's been, it's been a comedian. <laughs> That's what they do. 
I think what you're thinking of is a supply teacher. <laughs> I, I often get that. You're talking about uh, Israel. You're not talking about Syria. If I'm your news source, <laughs> you are in trouble. Yeah, there's no, like, uh, I'm, I'm not an election campaign. I don't have to give equal time to every problem in the world. <laughs> you're, not, uh, you're not proposing any solutions, so are you? <laughs> <coughs> it's because I don't have any. <laughs> I'm a funny idiot. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. if I did propose a solution to anything that worked, like it'd be on this podcast. <laughs> I'd be like, how the fuck is it going to ever find any purchase? Well, we were scouring through Netflix for policy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Frankie Boyle has a good idea uh, that people should uh, look for uh, better news sources than him. <laughs> yeah, well, in the internet is is uh, uh, really like like that. That's how you know it's like it's the greatest invention of uh, of our of humanity. The internet. Just because it speaks like it speaks to everything that the nothing human would want. Is there a way I could criticize facelessly and then watch some pornography? <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole thing. <laughs> Wonderful. I shan't be coming out for a very long time. <laughs> okay, let's go complain. <laughs> I did. I just watched the new Muppet movie, and there was some big plot holes. <laughs> was there? The puppets did. Although there was, I did watch the Muppet movie, uh, the new one. And uh, just from a personal standpoint, they use uh, gulag to comedy effect. Really? Kermit gets sent to a gulag, um, yeah. which uh, just personally, I mean that. Those are those were our concentration camps. <laughs> yeah, but I think they stole it from the Smurf Auschwitz, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it was Smurfschwitz. <laughs> are they dying in there? I don't know. They're blue already. <laughs> They're pumping it in. <laughs> it was just. Four symmetrical gray mushrooms <laughs> with a big gate around them. <laughs> hey, there's a pretty big pile of coned white hats there. <laughs> Where'd those come from? How come you never see Smurfs without their hats on? That's uh, where their genitals are on their, <laughs> on their head. <laughs> That's why their hat their, their hats tip every time Smurfette walks by. And a couple of, then that's how they know if they tip when Gargamel's about. Okay, he's one of those. That's where we got hat tipping to ladies from. We got that from the smart. 
Madam. <laughs> and and uh, that's <laughs> that's why Smurfs never come to Glasgow, because if they receive a headbutt, they could die. <laughs> or have a really weird kid. <laughs> You ever seen a ginger smurf? <laughs> You're too aggressive for the movies, okay? We're just going to lock you up in a mushroom. <laughs> yeah, that's where Smurfsvits came from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ginger smurfs. <laughs> yeah, it was an inside job. The smurfs did it to themselves. We're really struggling to convince the half Glaswegian Smurfs that work will set them free. <laughs> Not the Protestant ones. <laughs> the ones in the Rangers' tops seem to be up for it. We've been trying to work them to death for centuries now. They don't die, by the way. Dicks on their head and they don't die. Gassing them makes them bigger. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think this one will be called The Israel Tapes. <laughs> we managed to, uh, managed to make fun of the Holocaust and um, the, uh, the uh, recent uh, invasion. I tell you how good those guys were. They crossed cultures. They actually got the Israelis to issue a fatwa. <laughs> <laughs> they were fatwas beyond all recognition. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we've only got one more day in this studio or I have a feeling the next one when P3 knocks on the roof. <laughs> Man, they got some longer range missiles. So, yeah, just yeah, just an American arms dealer and cowboy boots going, well, what do you need a missile to reach Glasgow for anyway? Hey, don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Okay, now, are we doing this on credit, or are you guys going to give me some cash this time? Don't matter. Tell what, put it on credit. I'll call the White House. They clear it up every time. Enjoy the missile. Woo! And then he gets on another missile and rides away. <laughs> it's just my side, the agent listening and going, it's okay, we can handle this. The minute... The minute they hit on the idea that Springsteen is lowering the value of the West Bank, we go in. <laughs> they said it was spur of the moment. They had it planned for months. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. They could definitely. Um, they could use. They could use our algorithms to, uh, to as a as a code word for invasion. Next time they mention time travel, we go. <laughs> okay. we, we, we don't have, we, we can't do it that quickly. <laughs> I say next time. I mean, it's time travel. When we go is irrelevant. So. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I feel retirement's good. You know, that thing when you talk about stuff and you think, oh, this is actually quite conspiracy stuff or disturbing stuff and you think thank fucking retiring I don't think they're gonna shoot me I don't think anyone's gonna bother shooting a fucking washed up 
podcast in hey, Scottish. Don't say that, Fred. <laughs> I'll shoot you. <laughs> Frank, Can I we got... finish this album with a plea for no security forces to bother killing me? Because <laughs> I'm not intending on working much. I've got one Apollo to get through and a novel. It's apolitical. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be a funny thing to do if you were really, if you were really creepy looking, is to just like go up to famous people and get them to sign your copy of Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> <laughs> you will sign it, won't you? <laughs> Holding Caulfield's scored out on every page, and their name is Pen. <laughs> <laughs> Because you really do give a quandary to a famous person. They're like, if I sign this, will he kill me? Or if I, like, what does he want? (laughs) How do I give him what he doesn't want? Because I think once I complete the, uh, yeah, would you sign this and complete, complete, complete it? Complete the game? Could you please complete the game? Could you sign the book? Sign the book, sign it, sign it. Thank you. And then you just run away. We could hire someone to do it. Like, with, we could hire someone. Where are we going to find a weird-looking guy in Glasgow? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard with the Commonwealth Games influx. It's diluted. Yeah. Normal. I think it's easier to see them. <laughs> Athletes around the world are walking. And, and they really stand out. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that guy's glowing with unhealthiness. Yeah, it's like it's like they poured. Uh, it's yeah, it's like when you get a CAT scan, the fluid they make you drink to make the things appear more. <laughs> We're doing a CAT scan of Glasgow right now with healthy humans to try to find the most unhealthy one. We've got this device. It makes uh, normal Glaswegians show up like a cancer. <laughs> And actually, the cancer within them, too. Yeah, so. It's called the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> uh, I hope Glasgow doesn't think that I dislike it. I know we always make fun of it every time I'm here. But I don't know if any of it makes it in. So. I think they dislike it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why they like me. So you, yeah, because you, you bond with them. Yeah, yeah. I've done nothing but talk about how much I hate it and them. And they... You know, it's, it's been a real bonding thing. I saw two Glaswegians hug a couple of nights ago, and fucking one guy had rung the other guy's doorbell and got my show, and it's like his uncle or something, and they sort of go to shake hands and then they hug, and it's honestly like a fucking judo class for autistic sex offenders. It was just horrible. <laughs> You're still teaching that class. <laughs> I've taught them all I know. <laughs> no. I'm learning. Now the teacher becomes the student. <laughs> yeah, the um, the real lesson is there is don't teach them judo. <laughs> teach them fake judo that doesn't work. Yeah. Help society. <laughs> Do you know Steve Marriott is dead? I don't know who Steve Marriott is. He used to I'd... be the uh, lead singer of the Small Faces. Right. They sang uh, Toy Soldier or Tin Soldiers. <laughs> no, Toy Soldiers. That's a... 
Is that oh that two little boys? That's Rolf Harris's song. But uh, yeah, no, little tin soldier. But they, 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 they. anyway, he's dead. Small face got to him in the end. <laughs> he couldn't feed himself. <laughs> It's funny when people have a small face. It's usually just because their eyes are too close together. <laughs> <laughs> I like a tiny head, you know? Like, not just a small face, but a, com- like a completely tiny head. Well, and then you, you know, but that's a proportion. That's not a small face if it's on a tiny head. I'm talking big forehead, eyes close together, mm. like a Dick Tracy villain coming at you a million miles an hour. <laughs> You can't even work out what's wrong for a while. You're like, what's well, not wrong? It's just, it's not right. <laughs> In a Picasso gallery, you'd make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I got Henning Veins a bit like that for me, man. I don't know what's going on there. Seems like it's been thrown together by a fucking talented four year old. Henning, I don't agree. If you're out there, I think you're a beautiful man. <laughs> I don't think he likes. I just think it looks like God did it. But like, <laughs> God, God did most faces. Then, but he showed how to do faces to the guy who did Henning. You know? It's like 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 this, yeah? like that. And God went, I'll do them all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was God's. Uh, shit heel cousin who just does things wrong to get at us. No, I'll just work the security. Yes. Mom said you'd give me a job, guys. <laughs> We've got this guy Henning Vane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny dude. I like Henning. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't seen him in years? I think he's on television now. I think. Touring away. That's why we haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to get away from me. You start hanging around a TV studio. You know, you know I won't, you won't bump into me there. I didn't even want to have a career. I just hated Glenn. <laughs> I'm doing a new bit in the, uh, in the show. Um, because people ask me that a lot, why I'm not on TV, and uh, not not as much as they used to, but they still every once in a while. Let's <laughs> um, say, uh, well, I kind of took it as a compliment that the BBC, you know, 15 years I was a, I was a pretty highly touted uh, young up and coming political political esque comedian, and I think at some point someone high up in the BBC just thought that I was the kind of guy who. If he stumbled across a pedophile ring, might have said something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Will's got a big mouth. <laughs> and we only like little ones around here. Give me that guy from the small faces. Henning <laughs> <laughs> Vane. And that's show. <laughs> how Steve Marriott ended up dead. Because he was trying to tell people through a little mouth what was going on down at the BBC. Listen to me. <laughs> You're not going to do that white mouth frog joke, are you, Steve? I heard it a million times. No, 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 You part of Henning Vane's divided self? No, 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 no,
Your mouth is a pedophile ring. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, your mouth. We got pedophiles coming down using your mouth like methadone, Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I, his family aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they haven't just gotten over the grief of the passing of Steve. <laughs> Luckily, they all have tiny ears. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like a hornet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to say anything about Steve Marriott really quietly. <laughs> And that's how we got a job at the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> they listened to this bit out of context. <laughs> totally the wrong idea about us. <laughs> uh, this is another one. I meant to ask if you had said this because it sounded familiar, but um, just the um, the fact that the BBC moved out of that moved out of white city when they did like it was almost they moved out of a ring-shaped building to cover up a pedophile ring <laughs> it was like it was like written by a bad novelist it's a pedophile ring and they live in a ring <laughs> it was like the amateurville or something they had to go there man it's like concrete over the admission uh, rooms yeah <laughs> Can you imagine what's haunting those flats now? <laughs> it's like a child is screaming and one ghost is going, Hey now, hey now, hey now. <laughs> All I can smell is tiny sphincter and cigar smoke. It's the weirdest ghost I've ever... It's a ghost complaining about the taste of ass on his cigar. <laughs> There's one thing he can't fix. <laughs> Such a sinister title in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> it's all sinister. It's all... I fucking knew day one. The first time I saw him. That's a pedophile. That, like... That, it's just ridiculous to me. I think we've talked about this on other ones, but just how that, that went unnoticed for so long. <laughs> it just seemed like, glaringly obvious. I, I didn't know he was a pedophile, but I, I knew there was something up. You know? But then, I mean, it's TV, so they're all divided selves. And so you could say that about pretty much anybody. I mean, we can't legally, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could just go, in retrospect, and just, like, literally read out any name from the TV guide. <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> Some more than others, though. I mean, it's made it hard. I think pedophiles right now should be allowed to be sued by... Uh, uh, Mid fifties white guys who like to wear Hawaiian shirts because they've abs they've absolutely ruined those people's lives because I don't <laughs> give a fuck yeah. who you think you are if you show up anywhere with a bit of a personality in a Hawaiian shirt yep. you're not allowed around the kids albino distance runners they should get a few quite as well <laughs> <laughs> what is he training for <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> he had to do it in plain sight 
because he couldn't like your normal pedophile leap out at a child in the dark because he was an albino. Uh, <laughs> he had to he had to be hidden in plain sight. Was he albino or was no? He, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm glad albino's already from all the Bond villains down to every fucking baddie in a movie turns out they're albinos well the mice don't get a great deal either <laughs> injected with all kinds of cancers <laughs> so, imagine that's your job man Just injecting a mouse with cancer it's really got a fucking like the they could, couldn't they just get the mice to smoke and then give it to them themselves? Well, they, they got dogs to smoke, man. They used to get dogs to smoke. Really? Yeah, beagles. They'd use beagles. I think beagles have a very short lifespan. I could be wrong about that. Um, but they certainly did in these labs <laughs> because uh, they, they get them to uh, smoke cigarette fumes to find out about lung cancer. Really? Yeah, and then you know you gotta go home to your fucking kids. And for, even worse, you've got to leave your family in the morning over breakfast. You've got to just and pump cigarette smoke at a bagel all day. I mean, um, well, apparently they won a few uh, art awards in Berlin. So. <laughs> <laughs> once, once the footage got out, oh, lovely! You feel it outdone yourself. That was a Germans are weird joke. That wasn't a that wasn't a Holocaust joke. Yeah, I know. It's a fine line, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got half an hour left. Half an hour. Vinegar strokes. What <laughs> 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 kind of fucking sex program are you on, man? <laughs> <laughs> the last half hour is the vinegar strokes for me. <laughs> like can I say, I'm getting older. <laughs> what are you thinking about, man? Well, I like to think about Simon Weston's Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I twisted my ankle again. You bust your ankle and call Kenny playing football? Yeah. So is that side of you, and I'm, I'm going to call it front front Glen, uh, that can sort of relate to and hang out with other comedians, can play festivals and take part in a, a bit of sporting rivalry. Uh, I don't have it in me to even be in a room with a comedian that I don't like. And I only like about five of them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've never been in a room with Frankie <laughs> out there and you're a comedian. If you've seen him walk out of a room <laughs> when he saw you <laughs> clenching and unclenching his fists, there's a reason for that. Yeah. But it's their front selves I don't like. It's not them. It's, you know, this whole, you know, fucking Irish comedy, man, they... In Scotland, it's like it's like your retarded cousin.
comes over. That's what the Edinburgh Festival is like, man. Your retarded cousin comes over and everybody makes a fuss of him. That's what <laughs> Irish comedy is. I've got the biggest hair. I've got the... <laughs> Do you remember in the old days when you'd have you'd have to tape songs off the radio when the buttons were so big they were like it was like the radio was the size of a house or something and you'd have to run at the buttons and press them with both feet. Brilliant. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the most overused word in comedy. <laughs> the most overused word in crowd interaction is brilliant. Run into me, guys, and you're going to be seeing five stars, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a painter decorator. Brilliant. <laughs> Is it? You're the maddest crowd I've ever had. <laughs> An <laughs> IT consultant and your, your um, uh, decorating business. and <laughs> This guy, this guy... I asked him a question really quickly and it took him some time to answer. So he's a dumb one. <laughs> hey, what you doing to my day? Where do you work? <laughs> when you get up in the morning, where do you go? <laughs> yeah, I hate audience interaction. It's not, I, I don't care. I just don't fucking care where you work. <laughs> well, I'm actually not so rich. I don't know where you work. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> well, I've been a comic for so long. I've been a comic since I was 19. So, I, yeah, yeah, like I don't, I don't even know what jobs, what what people do. Like my friends from high school, I really don't understand what they do. Like, I, like their new jobs. Like if they had gone and been welders, I would. Oh, okay, so you got that piece of metal to that. Okay. But they're like, no, I work in the finance wing of the the, the hot stub stove industry. What? What, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> ah, I gotta go to Japan every once in a while. But what do you do when you get there? I don't know how they can do it. I think maybe henchmen I could do. I'd have to get roided up. I'd have to put on some muscle. But maybe henchmen aren't bad people as such. It's just they know they're going to have to work for 30 odd years. They're gonna. That's gonna give them a lot of aggression and stress. So occasionally they're gonna have to get the opportunity to punch someone on a fucking meat hook. Maybe that's actually a more moral choice and you know standard life. Yeah. I know who I'd rather talk to. Like if I knew that if if I knew that was your job and I was couldn't have spritz with the audience. Yeah, I'm a henchman. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> They try and move on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Have you ever killed anyone? Yes. Yeah. Was it in a cul-de-sac? Like this comedy cul-de-sac. <laughs> I'm going to be killing someone quite soon. <laughs> in about 55 minutes. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not married to that 55 either. <laughs> I could, uh, I could envisage uh, thirty mark. <laughs> if you have a musical closer, and <laughs> hey, guess what, your dad's not the only person who dies in this show. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, mate. Twenty-three nights in a fucking row. <laughs>
nil-nil so long as the reviews are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show hurts my dad's feelings. He's 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 actually quite fine. But <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I'm not even Irish. <laughs> <laughs>